Says we got seven hours. <laughs> I don't know if it's enough time. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> uh, well, welcome to another episode of the nonprofit podcast. Although this is, um, hopefully, this one's going to go a little deeper than usual. I know it will. I'm uh, I- I'm fresh from having a few sips of uh, Pappy Van Winkle, a 23 year old that. Well, we'll talk about the origin of that bottle in a second, but it's been sitting in my kitchen since September 2019 when like a quarter bottle was <laughs> gifted to me by Blair Speed, who happens to be in the studio with me today. Welcome. Hi. Um, and she had come down t- uh, for a symposium uh, that that month, September yeah, 2019. And as a gift, um, brought that bottle, and I've, it's been sitting, and I just made kind of a commitment to, to uh, Blair to basically like, hey, when this gets sipped, it's going to be together. And now it's later. It is. <laughs> and um, along with this bottle, um, there was a handwritten card, which because... A lot of times, uh, I mean, recently presentations I've started <laughs> by reading something that Blair has written, um, and uh, there'll be a, maybe I'll put a link to one of those things in the show notes, but maybe not. Maybe I'll just have to fucking find it, figure we'll it out if we were, you know. But this uh, this card I'm going to read because I happen to have it. It's been leaning up against this bottle, and I look at it every single fucking day. <laughs> um, Mark. Thank you for the invitation and the thoughtfulness. Thanks for giving me something to look forward to when I didn't want to look forward. Trav surprised me with this bottle after I did well in a race and uh, and then got really sick. <laughs> <laughs> a very love-filled gift that we've shared with dear friends, with hot babes, Pat Callis, and now you. Thank you. Love, Blair. And so this uh, this bottle's been sitting. It's been shared. There's enough left for uh, one more visit, so we'll keep it. Um, but I, I want to start the podcast with, uh, you know, before we started recording, Blair started telling me the story of this bottle. And, like, yeah, so Trav got you this bottle. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because you had been doing some running races. I've been doing some running races. Yeah, so as Mark and I were discussing... Um, for five years, I placed fourth in every single race that I did running any distance, uh, 5k, 50k. I think I did it in the 50 miler as well. I think I got fourth there. Um, and so this was before a 50k race in Montana and Mark pointed out, uh, if you get fourth place for five years straight, uh, you might think that you don't deserve to stand on the podium. (laughs) I was like, I realized that years later. (laughs) 
And uh, I demanded immediately. Who was your, who was your coach? <laughs> yeah, myself. For fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, yeah. Well, that's a that's one person's way you can't get out of. <laughs> yes, completely. Uh, so Trav knew how much I loved whiskey. Uh, <laughs> and he wanted to see me stand on the podium because he knew how much that meant to me. So he told me that if I won the race, he would buy me a shot of twenty three year Pappy Van Winkle. Uh, if I got second place, I get 15 year. And if I got third place, I got 10 year Pappy Van Winkle. And if you got fourth place again. Shit out of luck. Fucking nothing. <laughs> yeah, shit out of luck. Have some water and like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Find your own way home. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, run home. Because yeah. apparently you need some training. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, so I go to the starting line and I like know Pappy Van Winkle's like, you know, I got to do this. I get to the starting line. And I that don't. If you want a sip of the pappy, I got a, I got think, a race. You got it. I got yeah. a race, and I've run this race before. It's a fifty k. There's a lot of vert in it, and I get to the starting line, and I I don't feel that great. Like my stomach is like bothering me some. I'm like, oh, it's just nerves. It's just totally nerves. I'm just nervous, and so I run this race, and my stomach distends, and I get really sick, and I can't eat the whole time, and then my leg starts to give out as well. So like. Com- two completely different storms are happening, which is a hobby that I have. <laughs> and uh, so two storms are happening at once. I'm really sick. My leg hurts really bad. But I'm like, I got a podium. And so I get to one aid station and I think about quitting. I stop. I run on. Then I turn back to the aid station. I'm like, I should just quit here. Then I was like, no, fuck it. Uh, if I quit here, I can get a ride. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, but I also know, no, I couldn't because it's a Montana race. So oh. we're like out on the trails way yeah. out there. So either way, you got to get somewhere. Either way, I got to run, yeah. you know, so I might as well finish the race. And so there's only a couple miles left um, when I start to really feel bad. And so then I start to like stumble off of the trail. But at this point, the person I was then... Uh, I still like looked around to make sure like no man or woman was going to pass me at that point because I was like on podium to, like I'm doing this today <laughs> and uh, so I like look around and I keep racing and I cross the finish line and I've gotten third I don't feel well at all and everyone's like excited and stoked and congratulating and I like just start to cry because I feel so sick and at this point uh, and Travis is in my relationship. We've been together for about seven years. And so he knows, like, if I say that I don't feel well at this point, then he should take me to the emergency room. <laughs> if, I say, <laughs> if I say I'm a little uncomfortable. <laughs> that means doctor visit. Shit's bad. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, it's real bad. And um, we finish the race. I get a stand on the podium. I go home. And I end up not being able to get out of bed for almost a month after this race. Uh, I had a really rare bacterial infection uh, that they never had seen in America before. (laughs) They were like, like, where'd you go? I was like, Helena. (laughs) (laughs) Which, depending on where you're, like if you're from Manhattan, I mean, Helena could seem like a different country. Completely. Yeah. but yeah, I couldn't get out of bed for about a month, uh, just nuked. And I found out I had a benign tumor growing in my knee at that point. And so I was so sick. And then I would like try to walk down. Like there's a point I tried to walk downstairs and I just like fell down the stairs. Um, 
So I learned in that process that I don't necessarily have to podium, especially if I feel that sick. <laughs> so like it's like this um, great physical effort, which turns into this like extreme emotional effort. And it took me about a year to get better from that particular race. But a couple months after it. But the sickness went away within roughly a, or about a month. You could get out of bed after a month. After a month. Yes. Yeah. I could get out of bed and I like try to go for a mile walk and I'd like get dizzy. And, uh, yeah, was on what some kind of crazy, they must've put you on some crazy fucking drugs. Uh, the bottle that like, they put me on said treats bubonic plague. <laughs> so... That's not something you can get on the internet. folks. No, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, possibly. Okay. Yeah. Point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so maybe like two months after recovery. So three months after the race, I'm leaving the trail I don't know if I had just like gone for an easy hike or like a super easy run. Um, but I'm leaving the trail, like a popular trail in Montana and Trav calls me and he's like, I have a surprise for you. And he's like, I got you the 23 year old bottle of Pappy Van Winkle. And I like just start crying in the car or in the truck. I'm like a bottle. You said a shot, you know, <laughs> and uh, we'd already been out to dinner and had the shot of Pappy Van Winkle to celebrate like a 10 year mm-hmm. shot. Because third. Because third, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Travis, so Travis goes, well, this is, a, yeah. Uh, so Travis says, well, you got the shot for the race. You got the 23-year-old bottle because you didn't die. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then I like cried. Um, so we've had this bottle. As I did when I received the, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of love in that bottle. And, um, yeah, so we cheers and celebrated that together. And then friends would come over to the house for special things, and we would cheers them. And Pat Callis, his birthday. Uh, so as a card. Oh, what year? That, I think that was 81. I think that nice. was his 81st birthday that nice. we had the Pappy. Yeah. Because his 79th, we finished a bottle of Bullet bourbon. Okay. Him, Gail, Trav, and I. Um, yeah, so the card says "Hot Babes," Pat Callis, and now you. Yeah, yeah. I feel I'm in, I feel like I'm in pretty fucking good company. It's very actually. good company, <laughs> completely. And it is okay. So I had to look at like I I knew when you presented this to me. I'm just because Thurk looked at it and he and like his eyebrows kind of rose all the way to his hairline. Yes. Um, and he kind of nodded like "Whoa," <laughs> yeah. and I just went. Okay, They're well, elusive. I've heard yeah. of this. And so then I went and looked around. And I'm like, A, you can't get it. And B, when you can find it, it's... It's very special. It's very special. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, okay. just, let's just say that. It's very and, special. And... Um, I'm glad that uh, my first taste is... Well, as, as I knew it would be with you. Yes. Um, but now, after after that long interval the effort the, the, the effort <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh i don't know i like sort of i used to have talismans like that general sometimes they would be a like bottle you, of something what do you mean like a token so representative of an effort okay. or or a period or a or a person um and sometimes it would be a bottle. 
and some and there's always a commentary kind of that goes with it. Uh, I remember I'd and I don't recall totally the occasion, but I was staying with with Brian Enos when he lived out in Apache Junction, and I'd, I think I just spent ten days with him um, building this new pistol, and uh, and I'd left a bottle of Lafroig ten year old, mm, mm-hmm. um, for which which he wasn't into at the time. Um, he later developed a taste, not specifically for the peaty sort of scotches, but um, uh, more so for the Irish whiskey. In any case, but at that point, he would um, he had called that bottle something like, oh, that heinous bottle you left in the cupboard. That's <laughs> like, hilarious. Dude, you should... You should love that. <laughs> <laughs> you should enjoy that. <laughs> you should you should enjoy yeah. that. Or there was a bottle of um I don't know how old, must have been like a twenty five year old Springbank, which is a Scotch whiskey that uh and that bottle was around for a while. Belcourt Bill Belcourt gave that to me for my I think my fortieth birthday. Yeah. It's like there's like like little things like that that you know for events and then every time that it you either see it or taste it or share it with somebody it becomes a um it's a bit time travel and but also a really beautiful ritual yes completely it's special um and as we were talking about i mean these things that we can share with one another uh this has been shared with so many people that i love you know that's special yeah yeah Unlike tomorrow night when we're going to drink some really cheap tequila with Thurk and Kelly. Yes, I'm actually, in, it won't I'm... be cheap. It'll be it'll it'll be like a it'll be like some kind of reserve edition mezcal <laughs> if I know either of them. But. Good, I'm into that. <laughs> yes. Oh God. All right, we're going to time travel back a little further. Let's do it. Time's not linear, so let's do this jump around. It, yeah, I mean, jump, ping, pong, yes. blast off, whatever it takes. Um, we met on via the internet. Yeah, right via social media as much as much as much as you guys bash it, I, man. No, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's just gotten no. It's uh, yes. our behavior around it is what has yes. has changed, and 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 I will never sort of decry it um because there are i will never decry it you know in totality yes because it's not all bad no the relationships that have developed out of basically like being exposed to things like i oh there's a i recognize something i recognize there's a person i recognize i don't know them but i see them I see something in them. And so maybe I'll just stand by and observe. And I don't know what year doesn't matter, I guess. Um, But I think you started following my Instagram feed. Yeah. And and funnily enough, I was thinking about this um, when I knew we were going to have this conversation. Because early on, for some reason, I thought you lived in Missoula. <laughs> I'm not a hippie. <laughs> see, exactly. see, and I know that that's exactly what gets said after that. It's like Missoula, you know, if you're fr- if you live there, you choose you're from there, or you choose to live there. It it's a particular, it's a choice. Yes, and it and it can and it can can say some things. 
But anyway, you started following and I was like, oh, well, who's this person? Because I always like, especially if somebody comments or something, uh, you know, I want to know. Um, so I dig around I'm like, oh, okay. Well, she's pretty handy with that camera. Thank you. And she's a writer. Mm-hmm. They have a pretty kick-ass home gym. Mm-hmm. She does stuff with what she does in the gym, i.e. she goes outside. Mm-hmm. There's some ice climbing pictures, some backcountry skiing pictures, running race yep. type stuff. And so I clicked follow. Yep. And just at completely out of sort of curiosity and the, and respect. And um and that's you know, back and forth. Completely. Kind of a it's you know I see you, you see me. We acknowledge certain things and then uh and then july 2019 came around Mm, it did and i can't tell that yeah (laughs) i mean i can but um before we get to july i'll just uh yeah agree and just and actually wait so i know a little bit more that i don't know you've lived in bozeman not missoula (laughs) <laughs> don't tell anyone about Bozeman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't go. Well, actually, whoever's listening among our our listeners, you can't afford to go there. No, exactly. Because not to move. It's completely <laughs> changed in the last twelve months for sure. Yes, and over the last five years or so. Um, you know, I mean, we do, we have our mutual friend Jack, who's lived there since I ninety didn't even go through Bozeman. It yeah. was a fucking frontage road. So, and I can't remember when he said that was. He moved there in the mid 70s. 70s, yeah, I think so. In 70. Anyway, it's been there forever. Um, and it just kind of talked about, you know, the, the changes. And even like I started going there for the Ice Fest when Joel Lee um, was uh, managing uh, Barrel Mountaineering and the Ice Fest thing. And I think that's, I think I came up for the second year. I think the first year it was yep. Barry and JoJo and Jack. Yep. And I think it came for the second year. So that was like 90 something seven eight nine i don't know completely um and even since then i mean even since then whatever 22 23 years it's changed a lot yes um and now just like when i drove up it was must have been october yeah um and of 2019 and i was like holy shit bozeman starts in gallatin gateway now i know it's almost at the mouth of the fucking canyon like this is this is insane and and um anyway but so yeah if you're listening don't go there um because <laughs> you actually won't be able to live in both you'll have to live it you'll have to move you have to get you know well, be actually Livingston, the issue is no like... let's no people can afford to move there it's the people that have lived there their whole lives that can't afford it any longer they're pretty yeah, <laughs> yeah. touche yeah yeah because <laughs> since you can work remotely if you've got some silly yeah. you know or whatever yeah yeah um, but you arrived in Bozeman, I want to say 12 Yeah, years? 12 years ago. 12 exactly. years ago? Yep. Um, by way of, I mean, I'm just going to say Florida, Kentucky, the Carolinas. Yes, perfect. That nice. explains it. Okay. No. Uh, by way of coonhounds and horses and hiking the Appalachian <laughs> Trail with a girlfriend. Yes, uh, yes. Like, like it's... That's it accurate. fucking blows me away. A, that like... To get an idea in your head to like, I'm going to hike the Appalachian Trail, which is fucking no joke. It's yeah. like, 
2,400 miles? 24, I was going to say 24, 27, I don't okay. know. Somewhere in there. Yeah. I didn't of... do the whole thing. Oh. No. Oh, don't let me down. I mean, don't... yeah, of course oh. I did. And I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, so if we go in a different direction yeah. of time, I went to college at the University of Florida and was roommates with a dear friend, Lindsay. And Lindsay, well, before we get to the Appalachian Trail, this is a sports podcast. I mean, fitness. Fitness. But it is the world's sports worst. Ball. worst sports it's a sports ball, ball podcast. <laughs> Only if Keegan's here do we talk sports ball. Um, but this is the world's worst fitness podcast. Or the worst fitness podcast. In the world. I can't remember. Okay, Something. well, then you'll like this. Yeah, perfect. In college, uh, Lindsay and I had this idea that we wanted to do a triathlon. Um, like, a, like, a, like a standard one, or were you going to invent one? <laughs> I can see why you would think the second, but actually a standard one. Okay. Okay. So, so, uh, but we were poor kids, which means that she had a beach cruiser and I didn't have a bike. So we split the cost of pegs and we put that on our beach cruiser. And this was our brick workout in college. Oh my God. So we would peg each other from our house to the university of Florida's pool where there's actual mm-hmm. athletes yeah whatever and uh we would do our swim workout yeah. and then the other person would peg the other person home and okay that was our that was our brick workout yeah for training for the triathlon when we arrived the day of the triathlon i had gone home and gotten my 10 speed huffy from childhood and that nice. is what i did the triathlon yes on. <laughs> yeah. and Lindsay and i have known each other since middle school it's a very special relationship how okay we're not talking you know, an iron. We're talking like a sprint try. We're talking like, about a sprint try. Okay. Yeah, sprint try. I mean, I would love to say it was Iron Man, but no, because because Iron Man on a fucking Huffy <laughs> or a beach cruiser. By the way, Lindsay, like yes. <laughs> that yes. would be awesome. So, and in fact, <laughs> my dad was like talking to my brother at the race, and he's like, "How will we ever find Blair in this crowd?" And my brother's like, "She'll be pedaling the fastest and moving the slowest." <laughs> 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 Which was accurate. Nice. Yes. So that's college, basically. Uh, <laughs> I graduated and I started teaching. I taught sixth grade reading. What did you major in? Yeah. History. What's your paper say? My paper says history. Okay. Uh, I love people and I love stories. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was actually the only classes that I could stand the professors. So I just like, I didn't mean to be a history major. Because they love stories and they love I people st- also. I started journalism and that's all marketing now. Yeah. And so that was, I had dropped that immediately and went to history and I really. Or fiction. Yes. Depending. Yes. Completely. <laughs> um, and I loved my history professors. It was wonderful. But I graduated college and I started teaching sixth grade reading and uh, my friend Lindsay decided to hike the Appalachian Trail. And so she came in to my classroom, to my students, and it's uh, inner city Florida, and they didn't have a lot of experience out in the environment. Uh, the school was wonderful, and it really supported... Inner city, so Tampa, or which, oh, God, which I don't side? Even, of... I was an hour commute from Tampa. Okay. I should know yeah, the city. Should... <laughs> Can't be many. <laughs> I should definitely know the city, but I don't remember its name. God. But I was only 22 years old when I taught. I was really young. And uh, so the school supported me, and uh, they bought 30 books of, um, I think the book's called Halfway to the Sky. It's about a kid that runs away to go do the Appalachian Trail. Okay. So I got to do this whole series with the kids. And Lindsay came in, and she brought, like, campy gear. 
and she presented about doing the Appalachian Trail. Uh, it was beautiful. And the, their kids were like, why would you go do this? And then we got to have a discussion about that. And they came up with really beautiful answers. So Lindsay started the trail in, on the spring equinox. And I didn't join her until June because I was teaching. So I missed yeah. the first part. But yeah, we spent- And she went north to south, she went north, I'm guessing. No, 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 no south so, to north. Okay. She went south to north, which is like Actually, kind of the more classic way. Is it? Yes. Interesting. I know. I mean, I hadn't, I mean- you're not into the Appalachian Trail it, culture. It, it didn't. It didn't occur to me yeah. um, to to think about how you would do it. But but I guess if you were, you know, starting early, you would want to go south to north because then as you got, you're following the weather. You're following the weather. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And uh, so I joined her in June, and we spent four months together. So I did Virginia to Maine with her, and that was a like, I left teaching because I was only 22 years old when I was teaching which means, of course, my students taught me far more than I probably ever taught them. Uh, and I knew I couldn't go from classroom to classroom. I couldn't be a student and then turn around and just, and um, not just, and immediately be a teacher because uh, I just didn't have the life experience for that yet. So there, there are certain things that we rely on teachers to share with their students that oh, you hadn't lived yet. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. At all. Uh, I loved teaching. But, yeah, and and I'm guessing that you never give less than everything. <laughs> Thank you. And the teaching was probably it nuked me pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of give. It's a lot of give. I'm amazed by teachers, uh, like physically, emotionally, every single day. Yeah. It's a, you're always on. It's a lot. Um, yeah. But it was an incredible experience, and it was difficult to walk away from that position. But uh, as we know, opportunities aren't always not opportunities. They can be cages, too. And uh, and so I met Lindsay on the trail, and we spent four months together. Wait, Blissby, where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, you spent four months on the yeah. We maybe spent four we'll, months on the trail. Maybe we'll circle back to that. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> we spent four months on the trail, and it was like such an incredible experience. I can't believe we're talking about this, but uh, it was an incredible gift in my life to experience the backyards of America, my home country. Yeah, because as we talked about the news or journalism. You hear one thing about, you hear lots of things about humanity, but then you go sit on their porch and you greet humanity and it's a very powerful experience uh, and it's beautiful. And one-on-one, -on -one, more often than not, one-on-one, -on -one, I've had incredibly positive experiences with all sorts of, all different types yeah. of people. Uh there's this like new children's book out and I, and there's a line from it and it's like difference doesn't equal defect. Uh, and that was part of that learning experience for me, uh, in those months. Jesus. And, uh, yeah. And, and, and I would say one of the other more powerful lessons from that was the accessibility of adventure. Like, um, it seems for someone who grew up in Florida, adventure seems far away. But then you get a job and you save your money and you start researching 
and you realize that it isn't really that big like you can go do it like it's completely accessible like granted you have to make these decisions and you have to do these actions to get there um but it is accessible and if that's what you want to do with your life you can or even if that's what you want to do with part of it oh yeah exactly 100 percent. in some way like and and just to realize that that, you know there are certain things you're like i want to go on adventure you know i'm like oh but i can't uh you know, there are certain financial barriers that might be in the way. Of course. And I mean, I was talking with a guy recently here. He was, he was actually, I, I spent New Year's Eve with him yeah. um, or part of New, eight hours of New Year's Eve yeah. <laughs> with him. And he wants to start ice climbing. He's like, what's it cost? Like from, you know, nothing. And I was like, oh man, it's, it's fucking stupid now. Yes. But there's so much adventure that doesn't require yeah. yes. that. It's just like, oh, I need a bag with straps on it to carry my stuff and I need something sturdy for my feet and some clothes and I can figure it out. Yes. And then all I got to do is kind of try and feed myself. And if I'm willing to walk, it doesn't. And, and, and I think that, uh, you know, one of the sad things about this idea of adventure and, and I, and I do think it's somewhat prompted by social media is like these destination oriented things are these like things like I want to go to the place to see the thing. I'm like, yeah, but if you had to walk 40 miles to get there, and you were so fixated on the place to see the thing, well, there's, you know, 39.8 miles that, you know, you're not going to have, you're just going to have your head down and you're just charging, you're just doing this thing. But like the, but the beautiful experiences of just hiking, of just, of backpacking. And like, you know, we were looking through some pictures earlier and I, you know, from my childhood and I realized like how much backpacking I did and how simple it is. Yeah. I need gas, you know, well, I need an adult to drive me. I mean, your pictures start outdoors very young. Yeah. 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 I mean, I was um, quite fortunate that way. Yes. And and also to to live in places where that kind of adventure was normal. Yes. Where it's now, I'm guessing that the Appalachian Trail, uh, what happens when it reaches Florida or like... Because it goes through Georgia. Yes, right? it starts in Georgia. It yes. starts in Georgia. It starts on Springer Mountain in Georgia. Okay. God, so this you is, I'm pulling so, back memories from a long time ago. <laughs> so you can't really get there from, I mean, you got to drive to the trail. From yes, Florida. we drove. You don't walk and you're not starting in Florida. I mean, I could have hitchhiked, I mean, but I drove. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't start in Florida. You start in Georgia. I joined Lindsay in Virginia. Mm. Uh, and we went from there to Maine together. Um. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible, um, and mainly and it, and, all, and you're just and you're walking, you're walking, and then the occasional rap, but and and sometimes you rap, yeah, of sometimes. course, <laughs> especially in Vermont. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the side story there is Lindsay and I didn't see any human beings in Vermont, and so we wrote a really long rap that we memorized and then performed in a parking lot. <laughs> this is yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I've seen this video, and it is <laughs> it's. For the memorization it's, alone, it is remarkable. It's, it's two nerdy white girls doing a terrible rap. Oh, uh, yeah. It's pretty good, though. After having walked through the state of Vermont. After walking through Vermont alone, with only each other. Yeah. Our only interaction was one another. So this is all part of the journey to get to Montana. Mm. Uh, so if we time travel again and we go to high school, Blair... We're just going... Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's go right. I mean, uh, so high school, Blair. Because we certainly aren't talking about high school, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, high school Blair saw a picture of Glacier National Park in National Geographic, and I ripped it out and I glued it into my diary. Uh, and I wrote around it, I will go here. So I was like, I wanted to go to Montana. And I never had known anybody from Montana, and I'd never been there. I always imagined it would be out west somewhere. Yeah. Where there was snow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you see a picture of Montana, you want to go there. Yeah. Hopefully not as much now, but. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so. There's lions and tigers and bears. Don't go. Exactly. Lots of them. Lots of them. And. uh, Mountain lions. Yes, exactly. There are. (laughs) And uh, I have seen them. (laughs) So hike the Appalachian Trail. With Lindsay. She does the whole thing. She does Georgia Domain. She completes the whole thing. It's I should f- the last lesson I'll talk about from that experience was to every day be next to someone so determined to finish something. Like she had a goal and she was gonna do it. And that was a very powerful experience for me to be next to, alongside yeah. of for that long. Uh it was absolutely beautiful. And, and to watch it not waver. And it didn't waver. Like she was going to do it. I mean, we talk all the time about like quit, don't quit conversation that's in our heads for like a lot shorter things than six months than six fucking months completely. And like to be that dedicated to just to, to doing, to putting one foot in front of the other. Yes. Come what may. Yes. Carry all your shit. I mean, yeah. Send some stuff ahead or whatever, but, but that's um, all part of the logistics. That's part of the commitment to it. Yeah. I mean, she's like figuring out how to do it. Yes. Cause it's fucking six months. Yes, exactly. Living out there. Uh, but being next to that, I'm guessing that r- a little bit rubbed off. A hundred percent. It was very powerful. And so I left the Appalachian Trail and then I was trying to figure out what to do next. And I'd always been really great at school and I'd always love reading and words and books. And so I applied to graduate school uh, for library sciences. And... Uh, Blair Speed, librarian. Librarian, Blair Speed. (laughs) And, um, which, like, like, okay, well, okay, like, uh, just hold time, time. Let me call. Just a second. What is that? That, That's just time out. Let me stop for one second because I need to know something. Yes. The fuck do you study when you study library sciences? (laughs) Well, we'll get to why I don't know. All I knew is I wanted to have a coonhound and name him Dewey. Okay. For Dewey Decimal. Decimal system, yeah. (laughs) Which, for you younger listeners, look that shit up. Yes, exactly. In a card catalog of some kind somewhere. (sighs) Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It still melts me. Oh, my God. I I mean, just like going through that. Fucking Northeast Branch Library was my, my zone in Seattle. Shit, yeah. And, but like flipping through those cards that had been flipped through by everybody else who was looking for something in a in a in a fucking gigantic warehouse full of books like where is it oh it's well there's this very this index system but every finger that touches leaves some bit of soul yes as they flip through those cards and that's the beautiful thing that that like okay i don't i I assume it still exists because libraries still exist um and and maybe there's a different, more high-tech way to figure that out now that, that, is, that is less, that has less soul to it, less spirit, less heart. I don't, like, God maybe, damn, a coonhound named Dewey? I know. I mean, that's yeah. all the soul. Yeah. I don't know. I agree. But I also think, hopefully, as we transition towards more digital or, or whatever, 
we learn to put soul in other places uh, so we don't create a world where it doesn't exist is my hope. I'm less hopeful on that one. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a closet optimist, yes. but I also don't know how much soul can go into zeros and ones. Completely. In, I, in, in, a, in a way. Yes. Uh, but in another way, um, okay, I look sometimes at photographs that you take, and I am emotionally quite moved. And I'm like, holy shit, there's soul in zeros. And, you know, this is captured with a digital camera, and, and, and I, I am visiting this image via, you know, digital means Completely. as well. So I guess it is possible. Yeah. And we, and we might mean, not know what it looks like. Yeah. We might not know when we do it ourselves but we often know when we see it or we feel it yeah but i gotta tell you yeah there's a texture to, yes to, oh to a i drawer agree full of cards yes like when you're like pulling those like there's a there's something i mean if there's any you know fuck we make printed fucking products yeah you guys for are, a reason yes completely because well then you'll like it, and and i mean just imagine you were turning the pages of the endurance manual today I was. and you were feeling the texture of that paper yes. and the like like it's a different oh 100% it's a, it's a very I, I don't know it's a special feeling that's all I well got. then you'll appreciate that i was going to library school for rare collections in the archive department <laughs> blending in that history Okay, and and for this, like I remember going into the rare collections library and the smell. I was just gonna say, and multisensorial, yes. because anytime you go, like, like I went one time into the into the the, the back room at the American Alpine Club where all the old fucking books are. Yeah, I seem to recall there was some climate control in there, but you walk in and it's just like, all right, this this smells like history. Yes. This smells like human fucking history, and like I don't get that. I can I can read a book, I can look at an image that Bradford Washburn shot or, you know, read a story about climbing in Alaska in the very, very earliest of times, you know, where or or um, Tackle shared this mm. book with me about, you know, the um, Karakoram that uh, Fosca Moraney had had written after the first descent of Ashram 4 in 58. And, you know, Jack somehow has a copy of this book from that, that time frame. It's fucking heavy in its history and the pages feel different and the photographs are like from another era and the men are from another era and it's when all of the senses get involved in that time travel i think it i find it and maybe it's because i'm old i find it far more powerful oh than interfacing with that same information you know via less i mean i won't say soulless but less soulful means yes completely you don't have the physical connectivity of the people that have held that yeah or 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 the smell or the textural yes. the, the 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 feel the, the, the yeah the, the the totality of the experience of where you might be like oh if i want to look at an old book i'm not doing it on the fucking bus yes. you know or i'm not doing it it's like i have to go to a special place yes. where these things have been preserved well and we write to one and, i mean we write to one another and in the actual book, the book, the words that are written within the book, mm -hmm. but then there's also the idea of marginalia, marginalia, mm -hmm. correct? Uh, and that's where like we make little notes in books or we underline, right? Yeah. And so oftentimes that's not necessarily found in libraries because we're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Uh, but if you go to an old bookstore where there, it's someone's old book, I mean, that's, I mean, you're inheriting um, a 
part of someone else's story that has read that, especially if they've underlined or written in it. uh, There's that level of connectivity through it as well. Yeah. And that's what you wanted to. And that is what I wanted to study was (laughs) notes and books. Yeah. Uh, I really wanted to, or I thought I did. And so, so I actually spent time and committed to writing. And so I took about three months. Mm Mm-hmm. Of course, that's how long I would take to write my admissions essay uh, <laughs> for graduate school. <laughs> Do, I treated it like it was really important. So some people would spend less time on that. I believe so. Particular time. I believe so. Task. And I didn't, I like sent it to like my like incredibly scholarly friends and they're like, it's too personal. And I was like, good. And refused to change it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And uh, so I like sent in this essay. I loved it. Um, and the idea of the essay was about like the paths that we follow, the paths that we take and the paths that we create on our own and blending, um, history and human stories. And then my own story, um, from teach, from history, major teaching, reading, uh, following the path of the Appalachian trail and then wanting to create my own path. And so that was like the idea behind this particular writing. And, for, and it earned me uh, a full scholarship uh, and a position at the school. Um, far too personal. Far too personal. Way too personal. Don't go there. Don't share that. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Do, please. <laughs> um, I mean, if there's a lesson in any of, um, in that, yeah. in what, anything that, any of the experiences we have shared and many of and many of them that we have had as individuals yep. um it turns out that uh the more you open <laughs> the more open you are i guess the more and, you open and, and, the less alone you are well that and the and the and the less alone you allow other people to feel 100% because yeah. A hundred percent. You don't have a copy of that admission. Oh, yes, of course I do. And I also have my renunciation letter <laughs> for getting there. Oh, wait. <laughs> um, okay. So so I decide I'm going to go to graduate school. and, s- and Spend three months writing a piece to, s- to get in. To get in. Because, you know. Get in. Yeah. And... Um, Nobody in my family had has gone to graduate school, and nobody's had a full ride or a university position. Like it's a, um, my family's very excited um, and very supportive of that. So I decide I have this summer free. I should go to Montana. So dee, 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 I go on the internet, the interweb, uh, and I go to www.coolworks.com, and I apply for random ranch work in Montana via this temporary summer job placement website. And oh, I Holy shit, there's such a thing. There, I don't know if it still exists. Okay, but that's rad. Yes. A that Yeah. It was amazing and I just started applying to different uh ranches in Montana and I came across uh Mountain Sky Guest Ranch and applied for a job there and interviewed uh with the general manager Yancey and was accepted and as a lot of people will tell you with that same uh job it 
changed my life. Uh, I mean, I remember... Because you ended up in Paradise Valley. I got picked up at the airport (laughs) by Maureen, Amy, and Bobcat, who I never... Oh, no, wait, before that... I go to the airport early because I don't know. I'm not good at pronunciation mm-hmm. and I don't know how to pronounce Bozeman. Okay. And I'm like, well, I want to know how to say it. So yeah. I want to get there early. So I hear other the, people saying it. Yeah. The flight attendant yeah. make the announcement Yeah, for the whatever flight. And so <laughs> I get picked up at the airport and we immediately drive to Paradise Valley, which is uh, the little the valley will move you. It's uh, beautiful. Uh, there's some sort of energy and force there. And, uh, I started working at the ranch and I absolutely loved my job. Uh, it was a lot of interacting with the guests. Uh, I would bartend or serve as a hiking guide, uh, or I would chop wood and do garbage runs for fun because I enjoy that stuff. And, uh, I truly treasured it. And when I had to leave, for graduate school, I was really sad. <laughs> yeah. And so I arrived at the university and the, I don't even know what it's called now, the department head, the main person of that college greeted me um, and showed me around the campus. And I knew immediately that it wasn't the right fit and that it was the idea that just because something is presented as an opportunity doesn't mean it is. And an grad school was back at grad school. I was actually at the University of Kentucky. Okay. Um, so I lived in Kentucky as a child and uh, went to the University of Kentucky or started graduate school there. And uh, I went to all my classes once, and I knew it was a bad fit. And uh, but I didn't want to let people down, you know. I mean, especially. I'm guessing family. Yes, hundred percent. At this point, yeah. yeah. And so I call my dad, and I tell him what I'm thinking about doing, and uh, it's some of the best advice that I had. Or it's not even advice. Uh, all he says is this decision will make you stronger. So he wouldn't. <laughs> I know this is like yeah. <laughs> yeah. A cop out. B but... fucking meta level. <laughs> Like sideways advice. It's such good advice, honestly. And I feel like an asshole when I give it to people now. (laughs) But I do very much believe it that, well, in many ways, I believe that there is a deep knowing within us. And I believe that intuition is something that we have to work to turn. Like it's always there. But we tune into it and we practice tuning into it. And you own you will know what's right or wrong for you. And it's committing to that. And then you will talk yourself out of it or not. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, and I mean, on, and daily, Which, yeah, we're not supposed to succeed at it every day, you yeah. know, like we're humans, earth school. And, uh, but it's just the practice of going there whenever we can. So I call my dad and he says, this decision will make you stronger. I was like, all right. I call my mom. She's real upset at me. I'm like, all right. And just reminding me that nobody in my family had an, had an opportunity like this before. Yeah. And then I call Yancey, my general manager at the ranch, and I was like, so if I drop out of school, do I have a job <laughs> in Montana? He's like, you always have a job here. And 
my mom wanted me to stay for a semester and I understand the logist I understand the idea that like give it a chance yeah but for me I knew it was wrong and I had a full scholarship so all I could think about is some kid that actually wants to do this and that this will they will not go into extraordinary debt to make this happen and I don't want this um wow so then I walked into the registrar and I was like so how do you drop out of everything (laughs) (laughs) and the registrar says I don't know no one ever has (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I did it right I just left Uh, no I wrote a letter of course uh, to my professor that I was working for and he was incredibly he's like I knew as soon as you got here that this wasn't the right fit for you Um, but he was like really kind and understanding and then I got him that's a good he was, teacher. he was really wonderful. Yeah. He was great. Uh, completely understood. And uh, then I got in my car and I drove. I did not have, I did not have a lot of money at all. And uh, made it back to Montana and worked at the ranch again. And so that got me to Montana for the past 12 years. Fuck. Yeah. But that job yep. finished. Yeah, that job finished. I still didn't have a lot of money. I had saved up. I had had a great teaching position, but then as we talked about financially, like going on adventures, yeah, um, there's you. It costs money. You pay. You pay. Yeah. And so I, I paid for the Appalachian Trail and uh, just time in between. And so by the time I got to Montana, finances were low. But I also okay. Let's. Let's define low because like I don't think four hundred dollars in my account. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that's what that means. Yes. I, I mean, and I only want to bring that up because I, I think you know people's relationship to you know ah oh, my finances are low. Could you know, be anything. It, it could be fucking anything. It could be anything. It could be absolutely anything. Yes. You know, and, and it, I would have these conversations. You know, I mean, the first time I got audited by the IRS, Ugh. it was. Uh, it was for the year 1986, um, a year when I made I made less than ten thousand dollars of income. Oh, and of that, course, they audited you. Of course, that makes sense because no one can live on less. Of the, like you must be lying because, <laughs> and you know, it, it ended up like with all of the write offs and this and that. And I had been to the Himalayas twice that year. Yes. You know, I, I had and the 86 Alps had spent yeah you know, six weeks in the French Alps. Like there was there there was enough to do what I wanted to do. Um, but low meant, you know, and, and, and later, you know, a couple of years later or whatever, you know, people were talking about their low finances or this or that. And I'm like, when was the last time you were like down to 150 bucks in your bank account? Oh, and you had completely. like 5,000 in credit card debt. Yeah. Like, and well, now you ask people about their credit card debt and it doesn't, it's like stu- It's like the amount of debt that people carry now, oh, it's fucking insane. I but, feel. And, and so like the relationship is completely different. But, but when you're, you know, when you're sort of debt free. Yes. Well, actually, if you're debt free and you have four hundred dollars, which is where I was, you're probably one of the richest well, people. No, actually, I was actually genuinely richest people <laughs> in the world because you're also free. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, I had college debt. I had undergraduate okay. debt at that point, um, but not much. And I didn't get my first credit card till I was thirty because I just didn't want to. Nice. Um, but then I traveled international and decided it was a good idea to have a credit card. Yeah. 
Uh, it was cool to have a $500 limit (laughs) at 30. So awesome. (laughs) Dinner's on me. Maybe, guys. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Might have to split it between two of my cards that each have a $500 limit. But yes. Uh, I never wanted to go into debt. And so I just didn't have a credit card. Um, That doesn't really help your credit score when you want to go buy big things. But yeah, of course not. But then also, but you... Yeah, even knowing myself, I shouldn't have gotten a credit card mm. when I was yeah. a certain age. And now I'm, I mean, now it's like, all right, the relationship is better, but I yes, still. Yes, it is a wild to hand almost uh-huh. children yeah. uh, the availability, to the idea of money. Yeah, the idea of it, uh, yes. and 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 then what that what that means, but without also teaching them the you know what the real definition of compound interest is, or for example, oh, <laughs> I mean, we fail to teach them a lot in our school systems about financial health. Yeah, completely. I was uh, listening to a podcast the other day, which something came out that kind of blew me away. Is that this 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 gal? She got into college at sixteen. Yep. Didn't have the money to do it, so was so signed basically, you know, like student loan agreements. Yeah. As a minor. Yeah. For which, at age thirty, she's still liable. Yeah. I mean, which you know, whatever. Like we make decisions about, like, like you can't. I mean, we we need to take responsibility for our decisions, but also, you know, at that age with inadequate explanation yes. about what's going on yes and the fact that this is you know you can't bankrupt your way out of this one no um or whatever like it's intense it, it's it's super intense Completely. yeah i yeah. yeah i definitely feel um yeah it's just a lot so so you had a little bit i had a little a, bit a little bit of debt but and yeah a little bit of debt whatever i was still so young at that point for college like yeah. of course i hadn't paid it off yet uh went back to the ranch but yeah that ends at the end of the season and i knew because they only have clients during, in the winter in, they don't have clients in the winter time in the winter at all. no yeah okay. it's just closed in the winter just, time so i needed another job less accommodating weather yes slightly generally not this winter <laughs> not the, yeah. but usually yeah, sure. you know we've had a couple of weeks of negative 20 you know yeah um so i needed to get another job and and my personality type I knew that if I walked away from this beautiful opportunity, then it was my responsibility to take care of myself in the interim. And so I ended up getting a job at Walmart for three days, which might be one of the more dishonest things I've ever done. Uh, I was starting a job at Macy. Wait, did you tell them you would only be there for three days? No, I did not. But I needed a paycheck for a week. So well, I went well played. I went and worked at Walmart. Yeah. Okay, so this is beautiful actually, Walmart. So I'm going to start in the Macy's men's department for the wintertime. That's the job. I've given up a full scholarship and a university position. Yeah. And my mother's like, You're working at Walmart now? Well, just for a little bit. <laughs> just for a little just for three days, Mom. Just, <laughs> just three days. <laughs> can see how she might be a little I can understand. Wait, you can't you can't hold down a job for more than three days, yeah. even at Walmart. Are you kidding me? I needed a paycheck for that week to pay my bills, and then I was starting at the at Macy's. Yeah, a step up in the men's department. In the men's department, then you were a hit. I was a wonderful hit in the men's department. Suits. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of men, so I'm at Walmart 
I'm working in the electronics department. I'm only out on the floor for a couple of hours. And Travis comes in to Walmart when I'm working there. And we had met through Search and Rescue. Okay. So we knew who one another were. Okay, so but you had met before. We had met before. We had met uh, via Search and Rescue. And you had been volunteering for... I had just started. Okay. I had just started. Uh, I wasn't a lot of help in the beginning. Uh, (laughs) This is my first winter in Montana. And I think I'm going to help with Search and Rescue. I'm probably going to be on the receiving end of this at some point. (laughs) So I'd like to get to know some folks. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so I uh, volunteered with Search and Rescue in Gallatin County. And that is where I met Travis. And the very first evening that I went to the meeting, I saw him uh, and met him that evening. But in my time of working at Walmart, he comes in and I was like, hi, welcome to Walmart. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure he loved me before that moment, but (laughs) I think that moment solidified it. Probably sealed it. Yeah. (laughs) And so we had my Walmart name tag up on uh, the refrigerator for a while. Oh my God. Um, Hey, it was a job and it paid my bills. Exactly. Yeah, completely. And, and you didn't default on the bills and you like no. you took the work whatever work is available whatever. yeah and this is something i have the fact lo- that bows me even how to fucking walmart blows me away 12 but, years ago but yeah yeah okay uh and this is something i have witnessed in lo- in people and something i've witnessed within myself that whatever needs to get done i know that i will get done somehow i don't know how but this is the start of witnessing that in my own life. Uh, the fact that I needed to pay my bills. I wasn't going to ask for help. I've learned yeah. to ask for help when need be ish sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm go, well, I'll go. I'm, I'm satisfied with ish. Yes. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can feel that. And so this, that was like one of those moments where it was like, this needs to be handled. I'll handle it. Uh, and that's kind of the journey to, and that, then I stayed in Bozeman, um, ever since then. That's the journey to Montana. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, we, we define, you know, unfortunately we tend to define people by their work. And so I could ask Mm -hmm. like, Hey, how long were you at Mesa? You know, but that's not, that's not interesting because it's it's everything that revolves around like okay i'm doing i i want to be in a particular place i have to do a thing yeah. like and i'll just i mean equate okay I, I moved to the alps with no job and but i wanted to be there and yep. so i'm going to figure it out and i'll do whatever it, you know okay i'm going to paint this guy's house or i'm going to do you know write copy okay please feel free to you know We've got 30 different models of trekking shoes at this company. Can you make each one seem unique yep. with your, you know, command of the English language yeah. or whatever, you know, work or to, to be able to stay in the place Yes, because it's the area, it's the, the geography, it's the people, it's the spirit of that place that actually that matters. And so it, so three days at Walmart seems like a small prize or Macy's or whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. But that ended up, I remember at some point we've talked about working in a museum yes, there. Yes. And and I'll just add on to that, like what you said, like I am, I have a lot of pride for working at Walmart for three days. Oh, fuck yeah. You know, like uh, that meant a lot to me. And so, yeah, like we, 
have the habit of asking people like what they do for work as their definition of them as an individual, uh, but yes. it's, but their work is their work is their work. Like whatever they're doing, like how do they work? How do they move? Uh, what does their work mean to them? Yeah. The position is less important to me than those things. And, uh, and I would say, let's, I mean, we're talking about Trav and, uh, um, it is my great loss to never have met him. Yes. Um, it is my great joy to have been an influence in his life. Yes. Like immense satisfaction yes. from this and this, this story. Um, and he, you know, he owned a drywall company, he owned a construction company, yes. but that's not how I think of him. Completely. I think of him as a climber yeah. and as someone who took search and rescue to the, the, the apex of what can be done. And both are spirit. One is heart. One is giving. One is, you know, the, the like the, the search and rescue thing. It's not the yeehaws on the, you know, snowmobile. This is like, a, this is a craft. This is something and, and, you know, that where he would prepare for the upcoming season of, you yes. know, like fucking FNGs that decide that the Absorcas are a great place to go climbing, not knowing that they're all trying to fall down, um, it, you know, or whatever. It, it It's like, that's how I see him or see his spirit or I see it in the you know in the nature of the the the, the home gym and anything related to that but I don't see him defined as you know drywall or construction or something like that so so I, I he's not someone who I, I I see defined as work and I think when we define people by way of their work it's a fucking cop-out and just basically means we don't want to understand or to try to oh yes and yes completely but, I digressed. Sorry. No, I love the no. digression. <laughs> uh, but what I will say, and all of those things are true, but Travis's like work took up so much of his time. Mm. He was so committed to work. Uh, and his work ethic was like none par. I mean, there is a season where Travis would hang drywall or tape drywall all day long, come home, eat something, drive over to the next city and do that all night long and then come home and sleep for a couple, like two hours. And then, and he did this, he worked days and nights doing drywall. And if you've ever attempted drywall, then you know how brutal that is. And he did that for four months. Um, so his work, I know him intimately with the, within the work capacity because Travis started working when he was 14 years old with his dad. And, uh, bought his condo when he was 18 because he had worked so hard. And one of my favorite stories that Trav's mom has told me is, so Travis started working for his dad when he's 14. He bought a guitar when he was 15. He saved up and he bought a guitar. And then he was volunteering at um, like the community food center where they, they, they give out food, they give out meals. So Travis is volunteering there. He's 15 years old or 16 years old. He just bought this like guitar and he's like musically inclined. He can play every instrument in, in high school. He ends up building a mandolin by hand and uh, he's playing this guitar and this um, homeless gentleman asks if he can play it. And so Travis lets him play the guitar, of course. And then Travis like, mm, why don't you just keep that? And, and to me, this is the epitome of Travis, uh, even from 14, 15 and 16 is he would work so hard 
And he would make money working so hard. And then he would buy toys or adventure or a tent topper. And then he would just give it away. Uh, I mean, he gave away the guitar. He gave away skis. He gave away a tent topper. He gave away a car. I remember the car story. Yeah, exactly. Okay, well, let's... I mean, it's... It's... um, It's a rare spirit. It is a very rare spirit, and it's... um, But it's also the kind of spirit that makes... That makes community it that that allows community to even exist as an idea yes exactly it creates connection deep connection and and the one of the most beautiful things about how travis gave is it was given freely which is what love is love must Mm. be given freely with no ask or expectation or power or transaction it is simply just given and there's no look at me. It's just given. And, and uh, also with no expectation of something in return. Nothing like in return. Like, nothing. Here, use this. Yeah. And that, and so as we, as we talk about like th- this cycle or this conversation and we talk about like work and we talk about giving, uh, and as we transition from me arriving into Montana and meeting Travis this is like what I, how I see Travis's parents, uh, Travis's dad and him started, Travis started working when he was 14 years old and Travis's dad helped instill that like intense work ethic and, and you can work for yourself and you can own your own business and you can do this. Uh, and that strength, I mean like Travis could hang a 12 foot sheet of drywall himself with one hand and then screw it in with the other. Like it's like this like crazy strength. And then that, that giving, that giving the guitar, uh, and it wasn't only things. I mean, he gave his presence. If you were around Travis, you felt his presence because he was there with you. He wasn't off. He was there. Uh, and that's where I see Travis's mom. So it's like strength from his dad and that work ethic and then that infinite love and that giving um, from his mom. And I know that I won't ever be able to share like the totality of Travis, that that is impossible to ask people to hold, but it is these moments and these stories, uh, that build those connections to him and to others. Uh, and I think that's part of how that story gets told. What was your first date? Our first date. Because I know the second one. (laughs) (laughs) Our first date was in 2009. So I don't, I'm 23 or 24 years old, young, and uh, met this boy, and he likes to ice climb. That's cool. And uh, I'm from Florida. So it's really cool. It's super cool. It's cold, in fact. It's <laughs> yeah, so cool. Exactly. It's cold. <laughs> so he takes me to Switchback Falls, uh, which is an ice climb in the amphitheater in Highlight. Uh, and we go climb that. And my friend Pammy had given me skis and ski boots. The ski boots were a couple sizes too small for me. But I stuffed my feet in them. Modern day Cinderella. 
Yeah. And uh, what color were they? Orange, neon yeah. orange. Oh boy. And it, they Langs, hurt. probably. They, they hurt so bad. Like <laughs> I they, would like if, have the screaming barfies if, if walking. They were, if they were orange and they hurt, they were for sure Lang. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so I climb. I'm like in like gym pants and like a handmade fleece and Travis has to I call my harness my halter at that point <laughs> and uh I call head headlamps headlights headlights <laughs> yeah. nice. so he has to like help me Florida girl Florida girl sure. I love it halter we should halter. bring we should bring that uh uh I have some friends in town who make gear Perfect. Like for climbing, and maybe I'll just say, hey, your next you should, uh, thing, you should call it this. Cause you should call it the halter, make it black. And make it black, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And slightly uncomfortable. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we go do Switchback Falls. Uh, we go ice climbing. I experience the Screaming Barfies for the first time. And if you if you are unfamiliar with ice climbing, the Screaming Barfies are a really special experience. They are indeed. <laughs> it's sort of, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to, other people have explained it better. I, I don't know. I just like, yeah, it hurts so bad. You want to scream, but you open your mouth to scream and you puke. That's Oh all. yeah, it's that's like, perfect. I was going to say like this, like it, nauseous, like existence building. Like it's like a slow build within you and you know it's oh, coming. It comes from your fucking organs. Yes, it's it comes not from like, the organs. It doesn't. It's it doesn't originate in the thing like the extremities which are actually cold. Exactly. It feels it's like it deep, starts at deep in the deep, marrow, yeah. in the organs, and yeah. and it starts, and you're like, oh shit, I'm not gonna die. This is gonna but be wait. bad. But you and you after but you've wait, experienced, I wish, <laughs> yeah. I think maybe it'd be better if I did. After you experience it, you know how bad it's gonna be. Oh yeah. So when those first waves start happening, you're like, oh shit shit then you start sweating and then you really think that you're gonna throw i've never actually thrown up from the screaming barfies i've wanted to i've cried have you dry heaved i've dry heaved for sure so see i don't think anybody actually vomits i've never never been with anybody who actually uh, threw threw up yes but um i had this one experience i've been 85 (laughs) happy birthday thank you uh um that uh it was in the Canadian Rockies with John Stoddard and uh, Monty Westland. And we went up on Polar Circus. We left the hostel that morning, the Rampart Creek Hostel. It was minus 42 degrees <laughs> and uh, and started climbing. And it's a 2,000-foot route, 600 meters or something. And uh, um, and and uh, we had a 50-meter rope and a 100-meter rope. Yeah. And Monty didn't want to lead. He was just like, you guys take care of it. So um, first guy would lead up on both ropes, yep. right? Yep. The second guy would follow on the 50-meter rope, clean all the screws, and then Monty would follow a full 100-meter <laughs> pitch. Back in the day, we used leashes on tools to re- you know, to cut off the circulation to our hands because we were super tough and shit back then. Um, so he'd follow a full 100-meter pitch, never having to stop to take out any gear or anything, hands above his head the entire time, minus 40, whatever the fuck. Doesn't ma- and he would just like, ever the top of every pitch he would get to, he'd just be like, just fucking screaming like a crazy person. And we're just like, dude, you fucking volunteer. I mean, this is fucking hilarious to watch yes and more power to you yes <laughs> <Ombale>? <laughs> <laughs> like, 
but but I'm guessing that if you came from Florida and you went ice climbing in Highlight in Montana and it was you know standard Montana winter, and I had no this, idea, like, you had no fucking clue what was happening to you. Oh yeah, I and was nobody like, can what the explain fuck is it. This? Like, okay, something's gonna happen. Yes, you're gonna, it's gonna get cold. You're gonna lose feeling, but it's gonna you, come back. You just have to, but well, you won't want it to. It's gonna hurt like a motherfucker, and you're gonna feel like you want to vomit, you know, or whatever. Like it can't be explained. No, but this is a lot of life. I feel like. <laughs> That you 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 don't know what you don't experience. Fucking no shit. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so we think that we have an idea about what X, Y, or Z would be like, but if we actually haven't experienced it, then we don't know. Mm. Yes, Travis had experienced the screaming barfies and witnessed them coming on through me. Yeah. And then just smiled. <laughs> like. Yeah. Right. Yes, completely. As as, uh, as they would say in the Canadian Rockies, welcome to Canada, you hoser. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Completely. Pretty much like, hey, you wanted this or said or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Maybe you didn't. I just invited you. Yes. Sorry. I did. No, but I, I was so excited to be there. I mean, I, I have such a deep love for Travis and such a deep love for moving outside. And then you combine these activities that you love with people that you love, and they are the best. They are the best days. Uh, so to and I believe that ice climbing is one of the most beautiful, aesthetically, sports that there there is. It's so stunning. Uh, I mean, it happens in a beautiful place. Yes, exactly. I mean, beautiful locations. The movements are. I mean, they can be done, you know, brutally, or they can be done with great uh, with with el- great elegance. Yes. Um, and a friend of mine, old old friend of mine from France, but you know, guy I climbed with a little bit back in the day, um, was one of the greatest ice climbers, and you know, probably of all time. This guy Thierry Renault, and he said, you know, one of the be- one of the most beautiful things about ice climbing is the is the engagement, the fact that you. That like as soon as you go on the sharp end, it's not like there's you know okay I put my hand where the chalk mark is I put my <laughs> hand where the chalk mark is on the rock and every and and everything and, and the roots themselves are static because it's like you're climbing on a medium that is changing as you are on it yes and it changed it's not the same today as it was yesterday and it's not going to be the same tomorrow and, and 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 so there's this this sense of total involvement with the environment that maybe you don't have doing other things it, and and that's one i mean i'm it's what attracted me to it is that it de- that it demanded so much of me but was also in that simultaneously so incredibly fucking beautiful completely completely and i think well and especially like uh when you were ice climbing more and i mean in the early days of highlight I mean, we talk about adventure, and they're still finding climbs, but, I mean... Nobody's getting their car stuck anymore. I mean... Because I plow highlight, you know, whatever. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) You don't spend the day just digging out cars any longer, usually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think about it's not the workout I thought I was going to get today. I but know exactly, here we are. completely, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we recently did get. Uh, I went climbing. I went and did Champagne Sherbert, which I wanted to do forever with the boys, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Joey Jackson and Matt. And we went and did Champagne Sherbert, and I 
put a champagne bottle in my pack because I always wanted to spray champagne off the top of champagne sherbet. Fuck yeah. You know? And we had a wonderful day and we were leaving and, and, uh, I'm from Montana, so I'll talk about out of state cars. (laughs) So (laughs) they don't have, they don't have, they don't necessarily know what they're driving on. They don't know the conditions of the road. Sure. And so an out of state car comes incredibly fast and Jackson moves around it, but then ends up in the ditch on the other side. And so fortunately we all have radios in the trucks and uh, we call Matt and he comes back and we have to like get Jackson's truck unstuck. And all these like, and I've never experienced this because in Highlight everyone is so looking out for one another. It's so helpful. Every time that I've been up there and Sony's been in the ditch, fucking everybody stops. Oh, immediately. And there's like, there's more tow ropes than you can fucking shake a stick at. Like everybody's trying to, you know, like, hey, what do we do? It's beautiful. But that's the late 90s, early 2000s in my experience. Yeah. And even, I mean, this is the only time I've ever witnessed anything like this. Okay. And, And I, and... I mean, envi- like environment shapes people. Yes. And if you've lived in that environment long enough, you, you just realize like, fuck, we help. Yes. That's what we do because this place kills people, you know? And and then you come from out of state and you're just like, you don't oh, know. hey, I'm driving up this road with my, you know, s- f- fucking SUV that, you know, has never been off road before because I got it in Southern California because I'm just, now I'm just going to fucking generalize and be a dick. But Are and you I'm, from Montana? But, no, but I'm cl- <laughs> close enough. I'm uh, No, but I am... And I am an ableist, yeah. right? And I think you should be fucking competent when you start driving in those conditions. And if you drive, okay, the, the lower part of that road, it's all by the river. Yep. Why does it get icy all the time? Yeah. Well, because it's by the fucking river, because there's this humidity, because, you know, for a variety of reasons that, you know, what you're seeing is not something you're used to driving on unless you're used to driving on it. And and like like and, and so those are the people who are going to be, you know, who are going to drive that fast, who haven't yet fucking left the road sideways going 65 miles an hour who haven't yet rolled a car who haven't yet you know come flying around a corner to realize that that sign that said you know falling rocks was not lying well and that their fucking road is littered with boulders and you're going too fast and you're you're you're, now you're in them like (sighs) excuse me and that's part of the process is that we make mistakes and we learn yeah uh Uh, i if we're in school if we're in earth school yeah. <laughs> and everyone is, but many of them thought they already graduated. Yes, completely. And so hence they're driving up the road that fast. They were driving up fast. Somebody who's competent has to move out of their way. Yes. And as I said, I've always witnessed like just like pause and just like what you said, the harsh conditions. Oh, I so agree with this. If it's harsh conditions and you live in harsh conditions, you learn to look out for one another. Yeah. And that there isn't there isn't this authority that's gonna come and help. That it's us looking out for one another and that we're completely capable of doing that. And so, so I don't know how we got to the story, but so Jackson's truck, we had a great day. Ice climbed, had a blast. Jackson's truck is stuck. So there's, there's Matt, Matt comes, Matt comes back. Matt comes back with a tow strap. So he's pulling, he's in his car. Mm-hmm. Jackson's in his car. This leaves lonely ginger at the back of the truck. And I am just like giving it my all. I'm like, I'm going to get this fucking truck out. You know, and I've seen your front squat. So your all is not insignificant. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I'm like, pushing as hard as I can two more cars pull up behind us and I understand like we're I understand that we're in a pandemic and so I understand that affecting interactions to a certain extent so man I wish you could have seen the finger that just held up I mean if you're watching on the YouTube channel you saw it but 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they stay in their car, and then they just talk about how we're doing it wrong. So uh, Jackson is an incredibly kind individual, and he goes, Matt, do you want to move your car around so they can get by? And Matt goes, they want to get by, they can get out of their fucking cars and help us. Welcome to Highlight. <laughs> you know? Yo, sir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Plural. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so that's how Highlight has changed. It's, so you're pushing yeah, well, as hard and, as you can. As hard as I can. And, and, and we're not. We're not moving. We're not moving. And the motherfuckers get out of their they cars. They get out of their cars. Right? And it's amazing the difference between one person and five people at the back. Yeah. And so it moved immediately. I, I mean, I think I, mean, I think I could have done it. No. I mean, I was going to say, Blair Speed, you're strong, but... <laughs> I'm not that strong. But you're not five people strong. I'm not five people strong. I'm two yeah. people strong. Exactly. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, our Travis's and my first date was ice climbing, um, and that has led to 12 years of getting to ice climb. Yeah. And I've seen you yes. ice climb. We've ice climbed together. <sighs> Mark yeah. Twight, ice climbing again. I went in your fucking fault, I think. Yes. Or responsibility. Or you had something to do with it. Yes, that's Whatever. It. I don't remember the quote exactly, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but the, the the joy that I have, like the, our our day in Cody with Scott and Brian. That was very special. That was, well. <sighs> it's a little early in the podcast to start crying, but... Um, but yeah, that, I mean, it was it was special in a variety of, I mean, a lot of reasons. So it, many. It, 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 the poignant one right now is like the smile on your face, hiking to it, mm -hmm. climbing itself, yeah. leaving, driving, all of, like it just, yeah, clearly it's, you know, for a Florida girl, it uh, fucking got in your blood. I love it so much. And I didn't, I was awkward at it for a long time. Um, and then I got to help out with the ice fest and that, I mean, doing it for four days straight and having to help teach other people was incredibly helpful to me. So when you started with ice fest, yep. part of it is like, okay, so Travis and the boys, they're, yes. they're like, they're search and rescue. They're, do, they're doing the pro shit. Yeah. They're doing like pro they're, shit they're, for they're, sure. And then, for sure. And then, you know, and then <laughs> I mean, you should have seen Alan Orm's face when I was presented as a guide to help. <laughs> well, let's just say that um, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> we became best friends. Yes. Alan is, uh, he's prickly. Yes, he is. Yeah. He's prickly and but also fabulous. A, but also, a, yeah, very dear and, and uh, genuine man. Big time. hundred. We actually, again, time. So we'll go sideways this time. Yeah. I'm riding up with Alan and Nina. I don't remember what Ice Fest. It must have been like 2018. Yeah, because I think it was right before the accident. And uh, somehow, as I often like to do, we end up talking about love. And uh, in the car ride up to Ice Fest. And uh, deep love and opening ourselves up to deep love. And uh, I, I wish I could tell more from that particular conversation. But that shared experience driving up there with them, whatever we ended up talking about within our own relationships, uh, was really beautiful. Special days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think special, 
certain activities lead to special days or allow those special days to happen. And, 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 and often in the way, not necessarily like it's around the activity, but it's not the activity. Yes. So like ice climbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. But it's the, you know, it, it's the bond. It's just like before Christmas, uh, uh, right after the Cody trip. And I, I yeah. came back, I was in, in Bozeman and, and, you know, uh, spent a little time with tackle. Yeah. And then we went to breakfast together yep. and that, and, and it was just, and it just had me flashing back on all of the peripheral stuff that like Jack and I never really climbed that much, yeah. you know, to get a few waterfall routes, you know, whatever. Yep. Um, and, but a couple of those, you know, one really like indelible incident in Cody mm. um, that, that was amazing. Another, you know, fantastic day in highlight, yeah. but it was the peripheral stuff like that, you know, around the experience of climbing that means that you know our he and I first met. I'm, you know, we did we walked we walked it back during that breakfast, um, and it would it you know he was sales rep for um, for Brenco at the time, and uh, they had just started just got the one sport like in, they were started just started importing one sport boots um which are made in italy but they were they were coming to the u.s via france and 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 uh so uh alpine climbing boots and rock shoes and they had and the, the and the frenese i mean the the the, the resin rose and the frenese were like like a, a kind of ahead of their time at that point but but we met it you know kind of and and i knew who he was um and you know was like it was for me, it was like meeting Ross Kelly. It was like, you know, meeting Alex for the first time. It yeah. was like, you know, it's just like, holy fuck, here's fucking tackle and Danini. These guys are like my heroes and I'm like the fucking, you know, new guy. Yeah. And like to walk that back, but just that experience of like, oh yeah, I just got this carbon fiber ice tool um, that had been given to me by Gravel. It was, um, it, it was a non-production thing at the time. It would go into production eventually, but it was one of the first carbon fiber shafted tools. And for whatever reason, I'd climb the North Face of the Iger with it, and it was like, I, I'm not going to say it's like Travis, but it was like, I gave it to Tackle. Like, mm. I'm just like, he's one of my, he, he's like a guy that I admire greatly. I want this guy to do something cool with this tool, because he's like cooler than I'm going to be able to do, or whatever. It just was right at the at, at that time. So there's, like, like, the activity itself, I think, builds... It creates the opportunity and allows us as human beings because like you go climbing with someone you've seen you've seen them at their best you've seen them at their worst Completely. like we see each other truthfully or we show our best or we show our worst oh yeah yeah, yeah. yes yep we can have a heated agreement on that one for <laughs> sure, to, to quote mr backies um, <laughs> yes. but 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 just the 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 activity itself i think Allow, causes us and allows us to be more human mm. like to, there's less barriers because mm -hmm. man when you're never more than 50 meters away from a dude for fucking all day or two days or five days or 11 days or whatever um man you don't get to hide anything no we see truth yeah we speak truth we are our tr truths and and i think that is like one of the most beautiful things about the activity. So it comes like to me, it's like no surprise. Yeah. You're driving up. Yeah. It's the ice fest, whatever that means, you know, in, in, in some, you know, sense of, you know, getting more people to go out to highlight in 2021. But, um, uh, but, but just 
the fact that we are climbers going climbing. Yeah. It's like, I'm just thinking of like, oh yeah, the, you'd always meet, you know, in the Canadian Rockies, you know, you'd go, you'd stop at uh, Langans, I guess. Lagans, you know, in in don't in, ask in, me pronunciation. I, yeah, well, I, I'm just trying to remember spelling. Actually, I think it's L A G G A N A N apostrophe S. It's a fucking deli. It's yeah. you know ar- um, around Lake Louise, or you would stop there for coffee and stuff before driving up the Parkway, like if you're coming from Cam. Or and 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 then everybody would like run into each other, and we would have a conversation. You know, Hi, where are you going? What have you done? And da da da. Yeah. Or the you know the night after. Um, the 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 boys Steve and Scott and Barry got off of M16 on House Peak and Barry had gotten you know gotten fucking pasted by a big snow mushroom had to get helicoptered off was all fucked up but we were in a bar later that night yep because it was fucking birthday yeah and so it's time to you know like mm. these things that happen around yep. uh, you know the not climbing part of climbing is a beautiful it's incredibly beautiful in all of those ways and that our boundaries are pulled down and we connect more with others we also not only are we exploring this the physical not only are we exploring the things that we can do physically we're experiencing different parts of ourselves that are we're exploring within we're we're experiencing these parts of ourselves and that's exciting and when we share that with somebody else we're bonding with them in that time as well i mean i can think about times i've moved in the mountains and i've done things that i didn't think i could do and that to share that with another person uh is incredibly beautiful um yeah i mean or like thinking about like granite in a day or the picnic of last summer or whatever it's just like okay if somebody wrote when somebody writes this down on paper like just the picnic okay we're gonna start in jackson yes at the at the park, right? Yes. They started this. Well, we or, have to, before we get to what uh, it is, okay. actually. Yeah. Okay. So, well, I want to go back eventually. So let's table. I want to no, no, table be, that. Go okay. where you need to. Okay. Because I don't, I want to talk about Cody though, as well, because you haven't talked about Cody. But so, okay. So we've moved on past Walmart and Switchback Falls. <laughs> so we're a couple years into our relationship. Oh, and the second date that Mark was referring to is when I gave Travis a lap dance at the poorhouse, a bar to Wagon Wheel in Bozeman. That was our second date. <laughs> That's in public. Uh, uh, <laughs> yep. And so... <laughs> and that's a place that's historically not known for its lap dances. No, it's just a regular <laughs> college bar. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, completely. So we're a couple of years into our relationship. Okay, let's go two years into our relationship quickly. And Travis tells me that he wants to take me on a really nice day hike. And that's when I did, we did, Granite Peak in a day. Now, if 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 y'all are confused, a day is 24 hours. 24 fucking hours. <laughs> So, day hike can mean a lot of things. Oh, and we almost made it the full day. And so, we did Granite Peak in a day. I had no idea what I was getting so, into. So, highest point in Wyoming? Um, Montana. Highest point Excuse in Montana. Me, Montana. Yep, I yep, mean, yep, yep, yep. Because Cloud Peak is, I think, the highest point in Wyoming. Anyway. No, Granite Peak. Yes. Yes. Which, ooh, snap. If there's anybody in the room who should know this shit, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, I should have figures and stuff, but they're probably not prime numbers, so fuck it. I don't remember a thing. Um, so, highest point in Montana. Yep. Historically, I think, 
quite important in sort of the history, you know, like Montana climbing. Yeah. In a way. But rarely, like to do it in a day is a... It's more popular now. Yeah. Well, because... 10 years ago and X amount of years ago, it was less popular to do that. Because uh, it hadn't been done as much. Because it hadn't been done as much. Exactly. And, yeah. Completely. I had no idea what I was getting into. I didn't Google it. I didn't even... I was like, all right, Trev's taking me on a really nice day hike. Cool. And so, I mean, we started... Should I wear my hokas? I, I probably did. <laughs> I have... I wore my hokas. Hoka narwhal. I um, wore my hokas on granite and the picnic this year or last year. But yeah, we go, Joey, Trav and I do granite and we start at 1230 AM in the dark and we get up to froze to death plateau. I mean, that takes forever. By the time we get to the base of granite, how did, how did that, uh, how did that plateau get named? Froze to death plateau. I'm guessing. <laughs> Who knows? I'm guessing it I wasn't good. I can't figure that one out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I haven't figured that one out yet. All right. So somebody went up there and stayed. Yes. Yeah, someone, yeah. probably a couple people. Yeah. And uh, we, by the time we get to the base of the mountain, I mean, we're probably like seven hours in. And I like, I don't know how to fuel properly for this. I am not comfortable in the mountains at this point. I don't have very much experience with any sorts of technical climbing. And I look up at this behemoth of a mountain, meat cleaver of a mountain, and I'm like, there's no fucking way. I am not going to get up this and back down and back to the car in a day. In a day? In a day. (laughs) (laughs) So I sit at the base and I have like a meltdown and I cry because I don't want to let anybody down. And Travis like, fuck it. Like, who cares? Like, so we don't go to the top. Like, let's go back. Like, if, if you're not comfortable it's not a big deal and then like we just like then i like eat a snack which always helps me there's probably peanut butter m&ms and all right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. it's like carbohydrate rinse you are not enough i need to chew i need yeah. candy yeah exactly. so i'm sure i eat peanut wait, butter wait. m&ms the name of the song is i want candy i want candy yeah there we yeah. go yeah i want candy yes and lemonade <laughs> and as often happens nice. yeah i gotta have a lemonade party and so, as often happens when I am in the mountains and I have a snack, then I'm like, oh, you know, shit's not so bad. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's what, fucking amazing. What eating will do for you. Oh, my God. So then I like to stand up and I'm like, I'm never coming back to this place again. Let's climb that fucking mountain. <laughs> and I was, like, I, I was like, I'm never coming back here again. Let's do this. And so we go and we climb up. And it takes us almost 12, not 12 more hours, but 12 hours total to get to the top. I'm, I'm on ropes. I don't feel comfortable off ropes at this point. Yeah. Uh, and there's the snow bridge to cross and we summit. And then my favorite thing to yell on the summit is halfway. <laughs> my favorite thing to yell on the summit is almost halfway. I know. Completely. Because, <laughs> completely. Yeah. But that wasn't in the be- it wasn't what i yelled in the beginning or it didn't even yell but i used to think that the summit was halfway i know but it's and then not. yeah do do you know have a few longer descents than ascents and yes. you realize like ah motherfucker completely yeah that experience had a profound impact on me i realized i realized that i had created unintentionally or not realizing all of these walls of existence 
Like I didn't realize what I was physically capable of before that. And then to do something like that, and it, it ended up taking us 23 and a half hours. Almost a whole day. Almost a whole day. I was like, we're finishing before 24. Yeah. And uh, not only was it. <laughs> so you sprinted away and dropped everyone probably. <laughs> Trav and I did. Well, no. At the time, Joey is a phenomenal athlete and he could, Trav and him could have gone much faster than what that day took us. Um, but uh, Joey. But that's, but that's not what they were there for. That's not what they were there for at all. Yeah. That took me a while to realize. And uh, Joey's partner was at the parking lot at the time. And so he ran like as soon as we were off of ropes. Yeah. He just booked it out yeah. to try to not get search and rescue called on us. <laughs> Travis and I had a more leisurely pace, but we ran across Frozen Death Plateau because a lightning storm had come in. No, I'm just kind of laughing. I was yeah. like, yeah, search and rescue. You need to like, no, you're talking about me. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. Everything's fine. Exactly. Exactly. Do don't please. <laughs> and so, and if you do send help, don't write a fucking newspaper article about it, please. If you do send help, send the helicopter. Bring beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, we could use a beer drop. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, we're good. Yeah, that's total uh, Warren Harding right there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that experience was such an impact on understanding what I could do physically, but it was also a profound experience of love and the fact of like Travis never got mad at me or never got upset. Like was just like out there for the, like believed in me. Travis believed in me to such an extent that it could be overwhelming because I felt like I couldn't do these things. But as I got to walk alongside of him, I realized I could do more than I had perceived or what I thought was possible. Yeah. And that particular day uh, was huge. Like I believed after I was like, wow, I can do a lot more. And also opening yourself up to love is beautiful. And I believe that I started to realize that I had not understood exactly what love looked like before that experience. And so to have this person that loved me so deeply and wanted to share these experiences and didn't care about doing them in a certain way, except in sharing the experience, um, was very impactful in my own life. Uh, so that was, yeah, that was a very special day. Fuck. Yeah. So that was your third date. That was our third date. <laughs> I mean, no, I, yeah. Obviously, that was a, a bit deeper in. Yes. Um, it's pretty amazing when, like, you alleviate that pressure to, like you said, do something in a certain way. Yeah. Or to do it at all. Yeah. But just to go have that experience. And I mean, at that, I was 10 years away from that realization at that same age. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, because, you know, for whatever reason, different, different tracks, different yes. needs, different, different gifts, um, different gifts. Yeah. And, but then to like step back or even just the other day um, when we went ice climbing highlight, yep. you know, with, I don't know, 500 of our closest friends. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> um, 
but just to be like it doesn't matter like let's just like to be out mm-hmm. and moving yep. and sharing movement but then sharing a little you know a little bit kind of it was kind of nerve-wracking for me but um mark was leading (laughs) (laughs) it it it's kind of it's kind of funny the conversations that i've had with some friends who are just like so what was that like i'm like do you have any idea what it's like to swing a tool after not doing so for 10 years no and then to some short time later swing that tool but with the possibility of falling and hitting the ground instead of being on a top rope like it was yeah all the shit came rushing back I'm sure. but it was um but it but just but even there being able to share that knowing that okay you're belaying knowing like and and, and sensing that these other people are out there around yeah. in that same environment just and it doesn't fucking matter. Oh, we're going to do a grade three plus or whatever the fuck it's called. And who knows? Um, what was the feed? Feeding feed, the cat. Feeding the cat. Jojo. Feeding the cat. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Kudos, Jojo. <laughs> cat person. Also, yeah. 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 Because, cause, you know, cryptic orchid, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Also cat related. Cat but, person. Yeah. Cat person. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just like like to, to to share that and not have any weight on it or not have that have the pressure of like oh we need to use all of the daylight hours or we need to go do the hard thing we need to go do the you know the the just to 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 share that and see to to, to do it and watch other, and, and witness other people doing it and see how much joy and like apprehension and fear mm-hmm. and love and mm-hmm. joy that again that all goes into all in, into that it's it's not something that was available to me at a certain age and for Travis to recognize that so young is really really fucking beautiful completely and i have words for that but for like there's the seasons of our lives right yeah and so when we think about if we are looking at physical effort at certain seasons we have commitment to experience certain things and then that is our driving force i want to do this or i want to see how fast i can do this or i want to see x y or z of what i want to do out there or feel then there are seasons where it's it's releasing expectation hopefully we are always releasing expectation as expectations are thieves of the present moment and uh and also artificial constructs yeah it's I mean, it's made up shit. You just... you will miss the moment if you're expecting it to look a certain way, yeah. where you could marinate in the moment instead. Um, I and then for Travis and his knowing, I mean, I like asked Trav's mom. I'm like, did he come out? Like, did he come out of utero with a beard? Like, he's just like. <laughs> like, <he's> like... <laughs> He had this deep knowing of himself, of interacting with others. Like he had this weight of love that connected him to others and a deep knowing. And I couldn't it's understand. Not his first time. It's not his first time yeah. at all. He has been around. And uh, I don't think it was until recently I was like, oh. Well, of course he had to know. He died when he was 33. Like, he had to know everything when he was young. Yeah. 
and uh and that i think i recently maybe not maybe i've known that uh but i finally put words to that and realized like god he just like because we can look at the day at granite like he just taught me so much in the physical realm like so there's the quote and i'm gonna forget the author of it but it's everyone is a house with four rooms an emotional, a spiritual, a physical, and a mental. And if you don't go into every room each day, at least to give it air, then you're not a complete person. And these are the ways that Travis helped me grow in each of those rooms. And I don't think it's coincidence that there's four chambers of the heart. Uh, And I have realized that Travis was much older than he was for the entirety of his life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything that we've sort of talked about with him. I mean, one of the stories that you shared, yeah. which now I'm going to share. Please. I would love that. Um, that was really powerful for me to, to, to understand him, to try him, because I'm, I've tried since the accident and our correspondence, the, um, I've been trying to understand, you know, make a, make a picture, make a three dimensional version so that I can, I don't know, love him and hug him as I feel that I should. Yes, completely. And, um, we were, we were driving back from, uh, paradise and he said, Oh yeah, we, there's a piece of land right there. And, it's fucking back of beyond. It's, you know, not exactly. It, it's where, you know, you would go to isolate rather than to socialize. Yes. And that you were out there one day and he was running the backhoe, yep. I think. And, um, and you had a meltdown mm-hmm. and just said, I, I was like, I can't live out here. Yep. So separate, separated far it wasn't the right time in life if there is a if there is a right time in life for that for for you but um and he just like as you told me he said you just turned off he just turned off the backhoe Mm -hmm. and said okay well we don't need to yeah you know yeah we bought this piece of land yeah we had this plan we're going to build this place and we're going to move here and live here blah 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 but then if that's not right for you then we're not going to do it because why would because why would we do something that is not right for ourselves? Yes, completely. Just because we admit, especially, you know, and yeah, there's a commitment and blah, 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 there certain is, things in but life. There's and a listening. A, it, but, and there's listening. But the, but that commitment, I think, is a, it, 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 the commitment and, and, and sticking to that, it's appropriate for certain things and not for other things. Well, and the greatest commitment is to yourself, like to what is right for you in each moment. Yes. And that will shift and change. And we might think that we know what it should be, but we don't actually know what it is or what it will become or how it will change. Oh, but you know what? You can force it. No, you really can't. It, you know, you can. You will feel. As long as you are super into being unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> you can force if you, the, force if your the hobbies are being miserable, you <laughs> exactly. can force it. Yeah, well, and so and then yeah, I made this commitment. I'm gonna do this fucking thing, and you then gotta listen. Life changes. Phew, fuck. We Season, change. Seasons. How are we even the, like? 
I think about the different me's and I, yeah. Are we the same people throughout our lives? That story is one of my favorites. And we had bought a piece of property when I was still working at the museum Mm -hmm. we touched on earlier. And I ended up leaving the museum uh, to do photography full-time in my own business. And so then I was working from home. And I just, I don't know, there's the deep knowing, right? And that's that's a, a little over a year before the accident. And again, I just knew it wasn't right. And Travis had, there had been this like gross drug house on the property. Travis had burned it down. I don't think we asked for a permit. And, uh, and, and I think it was Cody. But he probably just didn't do it during a burn ban. So yeah, so, yeah, of yeah. course not. No, yeah. of course not. Uh, and I think it was Cody and Trav. They burned the house down. And then, yeah, Travis was excavating it for the, we like designed this house. Travis had already built us, a, Travis built us a house by hand um, himself and Bo, Bozeman proper. And he hated dealing with the city and all of the paperwork and everything. And, and the uh, HOA. And too. the HOA. Yes, the Somatic HOA loved that. Travis. <laughs> <laughs> and so we'd bought this property so he didn't have to like have anyone tell him what to do. Yeah. And um, burned the house down, had house plans drawn up. I ran a race in the morning and I was bringing him food. And I got out there and yeah, I cried and I said, I can't do this. And he turned it off and he goes, okay, what do you want to do next? I was thinking. And then he just rubs his hands together and has like a thousand other ideas that we could go and do without our, in our lives. And I mean, he sold the property and he never, he never turned on the excavate. He never dug another thing of dirt. He was like, okay, what else do you want to do? And, um, that is so incredibly beautiful. It was really special. And that is, I mean, that's like eight years into our relationship. And to be loved that honestly um, is a very special thing to hold. Yeah. Yeah. And to be a, to be seen. Yes. And to be accepted. Yes. Yes. And to be in a position of total security with one's, within oneself. And with each other. To be able to see that, to be able to give that, yes. to allow someone else to be themselves yes. and not take it like, you know, in some personal way where like I had plans or I had this or I had, this. no, this is, this is us, not me. Yes. And I think that is, I think that is so rare and special. It's beautiful. And, 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 and the me's that are, that make us, um, must be independent and strong and secure in order for that to happen. Completely. And this just, I don't know, it sounds all the more tragic that he is not still here and that you and he are not still together. Completely. And that, what you said about being seen and being accepted my relationship with Travis was the first time I'd ever experienced that to be fully seen in, in all parts of me, all four rooms. And then to, and to be watered, watered and, uh, and allowed just to like, okay, you, you in the beautiful light over there, just 
grow. And the dark parts too. Uh, uh, I can yeah. be a shitty person yeah, or but fuck you need, up. You need light to grow. That's all yeah, I was so, referring to. Yeah, totally. I'm not saying you're not the fucking dark queen of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever, but, but I'm just, just like, okay, you, you be independent, be, be nourished, be like, I, I allow, I give, I, you know, whatever, all of that yeah. to, which is in a, in a world where I think, you mean, a, I mean, especially, you know, we're both reading Weller's book, yeah. one of Weller's books right now. But, but, to, yes. in in a in a in a world that um, where there are a lot of expectations, mm-hmm. societal expectations, mm-hmm. and, and and not just the one we were speaking about before we started recording of you know sort of ascent versus descent, um, like to 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 allow. Within interdependence, someone to be themselves. Yes, it is. It's it's a rare find, and I think. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's it's a rare occurrence, and and I think it's especially in this world where everybody is individually so ambitious. Which I I look. Which I don't. I I I can't be against completely because I wouldn't be sitting here right now if I hadn't been ruthlessly fucking ambitious completely to the you know at the expense of others yep but earth school yeah you know got me to a point where i can actually understand and appreciate and love the relationship that you two had thank you where 10 years ago 20 years ago that was not possible for me completely completely That's beautiful. Thank you. And appreciated. I mean, thank you for showing. Yeah. In, you know, in, in that. So we've brought up the specter. <laughs> <laughs> you described the accident. Mm. In a way, the other day, tangentially speaking about something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really powerful. Tell me. I have to paraphrase. Yeah. But you met at 23. Travis has had obviously lived before. Yes. Lives before. Yes. Previous lives. He came into this particular life with great knowledge, with great experience. And infinite gifts. And you gave everything. You received everything. He did as well. And for 10 years, you lived and loved and experienced and grew together. And the way ahead, life ahead, whatever way that went, was full of incredible and rich and beautiful possibility. 
Yes. And then one day, he drove away in the morning to do something he had done on many days to go climbing. Yep. And then you never saw him again. Yep. And I will never see him again. And you will never see him again. Yep. And... The next day, the day after the, that, I don't know exactly, you wrote to me and you said, the earth moved and Travis, my love, didn't survive. Yep. And I mean, I, I understood immediately. In what ways? I understood the mechanics of it. Mm, yes. <laughs> I haven't... I didn't lose my great love. Yep. But I understood that the landscape had changed from one instant to the next. Yes. That enti- the entirety of the world as we, as you perceived it... Yes. ...was forever changed. Yes. The, the present world, but also the all of the possible worlds that Gone. could have, that could have been, yeah. that could have been, that that, that, that could be, that, that we live, the things that we live for, the, the, um, and, and we've talked about this in the interim of, one reason I, I mean, one way that we understand that we see each other yeah. is th- through the lens of loss. Yeah. And the, the, I think one way that I, I tried to describe it once is that you lost everything all at once. Yeah. And for me, it's been the death by a thousand I said, I, I explained to somebody recently, I said, it's death by a thousand cuts. And he said, no, it's a death by a thousand deaths. Yes. And some of them close, some of them less close but it doesn't it's just that the things everything changes and yeah. the the first the first one where i recognize the first time when i recognized that an entire my entire world had changed in some way like the, the, the like po- and it, it, in in the sense of yes present but also possible worlds in the future for a variety of reasons yeah. was when alex Got killed. Yes. And where, like, he was such a part of our community of climbing, and especially, and I'm going to make it hierarchical, which is not judgmental. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, we were at a certain level in that, in climbing, we were very fucking close. Yeah. In the sense of, I mean, we understood each other's sort of motivations, the, you know, the why, the experiences, the, the ones that we had shared, the ones that we had only heard about, the ones like, but at a certain, you know, there's, there was, you know, things in the future that were no longer possible because he was gone. Yeah. 
And for me, that I mean, that was the point for me when I he was number. I, I'd been keeping a list. Yeah. And um, when Alex was killed, he was number forty, and I stopped keeping the list. I don't know fucking what it is now. It doesn't matter. But um, but that was the first time where I recognized that, like, oh well, all of every the, the entire map that was yeah. in front of us that we thought we were looking at yeah. is now changed. It's and it, gone. And it wasn't there. And, and well. I mean, it was imaginary in the first yes. place, and yet it still had so much weight oh, it's to, to lose it. Yeah, and and that is I, a difficult thing if people have not experienced profound loss, which they will, unfortunately. Everyone, will. yes, yeah. as it is difficult to comprehend that we lose everything that we love. Uh, but it is difficult. If you haven't experienced a close loss, you don't know what it is like for the world to shift in those ways yet. Or that, as you talked about, the idea of a future or the idea of anything in the future, how much it drastically changes. And the reason, I mean, something that is like, was deeply powerful for me is the reason that he went to that route that day. Mm. Yes. Yes. If you would, I, I mean, I can yeah. paraphrase, so, but. So uh, in 2019, I believe in January, starting in January of 2019, Travis has been active on search and rescue for 17 years. He gets people out of the mountains all the time. He carries people on his back. He short hauls off the helicopter. He has the highest rescue off of Granite Peak on short haul. Uh, I mean, Travis was born to save people, and that's what he always did. And uh, in January, he started talking about how he just felt in his soul. He just felt deep. There was going to be this big call on Callan. It's like, there's going to be a big call on Cowan. I just feel it. No, Mount Cowan. Mount Cowan, yeah, out. out in Paradise Valley. Yeah. And uh, and he just talked about it pretty regularly. And he's like, I'm going to go out there, and uh, we'll climb Cowan, and we'll make this plan. We'll, like, we'll know how we'll handle this call that I just feel is going to happen. And so when Travis got up on July 14th, that was his plan, was to go out to Cowan, and figure out the logistics of how they would do this rescue that he just knew was going to happen this year. Uh, but then it ended up being his. And so he and... Him, uh, so Trav um, Jackson and another gentleman uh, from Search and Rescue went to climb Cowan. Northeast Northeast, northeast of Rhett. Red. And, uh, I mean, and it's a, you know, fourth class, low fifth class route. Yeah. So you, you know, if you're competent, you're going to not use the rope probably, yes. but you'd have one with you just in case. Yes, completely. But mostly you're just moving in the mountains. You're just moving in the mountains. Expressing your competence. Yes, completely. And, and generally if you're in that situation where you're moving without the rope, it means that you're so far 
in your comfort zone. Like yes. it, it, it's like, like, like the difficulty is so far below your top end that you can sort of paddle. You can just move. You, it's, it's, I mean, it's one of the most beautiful experiences in the mountains. Completely. You can have, but. Exactly. And so they, le- Travis left. Travis got up about 2 a.m. So I didn't see him that morning. He got up at 2 a.m. and he left. Uh, and they went to go do the route. And he texted me at Elbow Lake because uh, he had one of those in reaches. Mm-hmm. And so he sent me a text. We texted back and forth. And then they went out to the r- route. And uh, Jackson was uh, up ahead. He was higher. Jackson moves beautifully in the mountains and he's incredibly competent. And then the accident. um, So basically something they were standing on. We believe so. He and the other. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because reconstructing shit. Is difficult. After the fact is always difficult. It's difficult. And so it was either what they were. We believe it's what they were standing on. Um, and so it was about the size of a small bus detached from the mountain. Uh, and then they fell and, and I believe that Travis saved people every day. I believe he saved people that day and, uh, he fell 400 feet, uh, and he died in the, during the fall and the, um, other gentlemen, uh, sustained serious injuries. Um, but he survived. And Jackson was up above and, and didn't, and, and Jackson un, un, unaffected by, the, by, by that physical incident, obviously climbed down to like, see what the fuck. Yes. So Jackson called, um, he was up higher. He was pretty high up. And so he called search and rescue, uh, and he started the whole, uh, rescue and recovery. And then Jackson hears this horrible sound. And he hears Travis yell, rock, because of course Travis would still do that. And uh, and then Jackson has to downcline, you know, 500 feet of loose rock. Uh, and he does beautifully. Uh, and he makes it down there. And, and Travis um, tucked away in the mountain at this point. He can't see him. So he can go be with the other gentleman. Uh, and they get him out. And then they find Trav. Uh, and then the search and rescue team have to go get Travis out of the mountains, a man that they love and who has taught them so much and learned so much from them. Uh, it's kind of, it's an, it's an impossible ask all around, uh, what Jackson had to do and, uh, what the search and rescue boys had to do. Uh, and yeah. So it was Rockfall, but it's the mountain letting go. And the big rescue that he foresaw was his... Was his own. Was, 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 yeah. Yeah. I know, uh, nor, nor do I, <laughs> um, but you have been, 
but somehow I don't I mean, know I, how the the fact that the fact that you're here right now means that you're still here. Yeah. Which I'm guessing was not. Um. An obvious outcome. No. And not a wanted outcome for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what day this was. It was the day after or the day after that. Because our relationship was only via social media. Yep. We communicated via direct message yep. on the Instagram social media platform. Yep. For which I'm also grateful. Yeah. <laughs> like that motherfucker exists. Yeah. Um, because it was a, a lot of things wouldn't have happened. Yeah. But I'm going to read what you. Yeah. And this, I don't know, it led to another presentation where. I started in front of rather not insignificant crowd of people reading this and um and I was crying I think within thirty seconds and it's probably gonna happen now, so For sure. I cry all the time. It's a hobby. It's a hobby. <laughs> that I think we both have. <laughs> yeah. Hi Mark. I have a very unfortunate favor to ask you. The mountains moved this weekend, and Travis, my love, did not survive the rock fall. He has been on search and rescue for 17 years, and they wanted to make shirts, to be thoughtful in their own ways. They asked to include his favorite quote on the back, when the going gets tough, the tough turn up the volume. He said this on most calls he went on, and it's on our home gym marker board, has always been there since we made it. I know you have faced too much death and quotes are used so often, but I wanted to ask first before they went ahead with this because I think that matters and I completely understand anyway. Thank you. Love, B. I've written a fucking lot about this, but of course I said yes. Of course I said you didn't need to fucking even ask because... But you do. uh, But polite and respectful and people who see other people do and that's in a way the difference and especially and I would say that you know if I look at I mean if I'd been involved in 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 a in a I mean I love fucking I used to love racing my bike I love it less now because I'm not fit but I used to, but if, if that had been, if racing my bike had been a thing throughout my life, as opposed to climbing, then the relationships that I would have been, that I would have developed wouldn't have reached the depths Mm. that the relationships developed through and around climbing. Why? Did. Because mortality. Yes. Because, and I don't want to say climbing is better, you know, climbing is more powerful. Like, it's not a better, it's not a hierarchical thing. It's just like, it's what, it's what we decide to do demands of us that, that, that affects us in some way and and in long-term ways and in very deep and, and, and moving and transformative ways. And that, 
I don't know. You know, when I read that, I, I've just, you know, people say, LOL, like I laughed out loud. Well, I fucking cried out loud. Yeah. I cried for a long time and I've cried kind of a lot over that. Completely. Um, and so, of course, you asked. Because it's also if it's something that was that that if it's if it's if it was a phrase that meant something to him, then it meant something. Yes. In Trav's world. Yes. And then you know this developed you know between you and I into a conversation about words and about how words from. I mean, shit that you know, I'll say shit that I wrote because you know sometimes it's hard to take responsibility for what we are what what i mean for me for what i write and how that might affect people um but you explained to me how those words were so important and changed his life and made and helped to him to become who he became because he read my words which i think are essentially about being alone and realized that he was not alone. Yes. Because there were other alone people yes. being alone. You know, <laughs> yes. Fucking out there. Yes, we have a habit of doing that. <laughs> and 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 obviously, you know, if, if, if you look at the trajectory, I'm just looking at this copy of Kiss or Kill on the table here, but if I look at the trajectory of that book and realize that it was, you know, it starts off, you know, all the roots, I mean, the, the, you know, the, the early essays in that book are all about climbing by myself yeah. and then become over the course of the 15 years that that book covers, I think 84 to 2000. Yeah. Um, th- they become about not being, you know, the words become and, and, and the act of climbing is no longer done alone. It's done with a partner and then it develops into, and so it, it's not, it's, it starts out alone. It becomes with people. And then it's more a story of, respect and love and trust mm-hmm. than it is about fucking climbing. Yes. Like who cares what we did in that last chapter? It doesn't, you know, that's not like the actual ascent. Yeah. Groundbreaking, blah, blah, blah. But it's the relationship. It's the love. It's the, it's the power and the respect of, the, the, of um, that develops out of those relationships. And that's, you know, when you wrote that, I just, I knew like these are, You are my people. Yes. Big time. And um, and of, so, of course, I said, yes. Next time, don't ask. But do. But I will. Of course. Yeah. And... And it started a conversation mm-hmm. about life and death and love and climbing and life and I can't go into the the next letter. Yeah. Well, I can paraphrase. <laughs> For the next letter. Uh, So, again, we'll move past some moments within that first initial impact. 
I have no way to understand that first. Well, any of the interim until we met in person two months later. Yes. I'm like. It's. um, It's impossible to express, but we can try. Uh, And before I talk about initial impact, I'll talk about a couple days later. My girlfriend Fats came over, and Fats lost her husband, our dear friend Justin, in the mountains uh, a couple of years before Trav. In Nepal. In Nepal. And uh, I don't know how to pronounce T-A-W-O-C-H-E. I don't know how to say that. Um, Tewoche, Tewiche. Yeah. However, now declared sacred, I think. Yes, it is. Yep, it's declared sacred. Uh, And Fats walked through my front door, and I just looked at her. And I said, I had no fucking clue. And she said, I know. Because you can't know what you haven't experienced. And and if you haven't yet experienced your deep love, romantic love, there's all sorts of love, and, and your soulmate, whatever this go around could be, could be a parent or grandparent or friend or mentor it could be anybody but if if you haven't experienced that deep romantic love yet it's difficult to explain losing it on a day in a day in an instant in an instant um and so that's what I said to Fats when she first walked in. As I, and we had, you know, Travis had done, been in the mountains and done search and rescue. And we have gotten dead bodies out of the mountains together. And he has gotten many out of the mountains. Uh, but I still had no clue. And so it was an impossibility. Misha had come over to my house and we were together. Misha's my good girlfriend. And, uh, we sat on the floor before we knew for like three hours without talking. But I knew when Travis would go to Alaska or when he would go to bigger climbs in the months and weeks and days leading to those trips, I'd make this like gold, orange, gold orb of protection. I'd like think about it. I'd put it around him to make sure that he was safe. And nothing could get through it. And then he would go and do these climbs. And when he would go to Alaska, sometimes I wouldn't hear from him for a couple weeks. And uh, and on that day, on July 14th, when I found out there had been an accident, I like looked all over the mountain in my mind, like trying to find him to put this gold orb around him to make sure he was safe. But I couldn't find him. And so I knew. Like it's like a deep knowing. Like you just know. I didn't say anything. I had all the SAR radios going off around the house. And then Misha and I were told. And yeah. You, uh, you die too. And, uh, 
it's a it's all of it it's a physical and spiritual experience uh, and I very much felt myself split open and I believe that my soul left my body as well and ran to Paradise Valley to be with Trav uh, I felt that physically and I felt all these parts of what I thought I knew about myself and about this world and about our connection to one another and all of that fell out too and uh, and I just kept saying when I could talk to Mish you know I need him mm. Travis and I had built our lives together uh, and I do I do need him uh, I would say before the accident, I was more atheist to agnostic, uh, very much just love science. Uh, but this experience has led me to understand within my own life, uh, that it is much bigger than I had thought or perceived or understood before. And I connect with Travis uh, every day. Um, yeah, that is the initial moments. I don't know if I can yeah. go on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I saw a raven today. Of course you did. <laughs> I saw a lot of ravens today. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> I always feel a little bit odd when I <laughs> you know, by myself in the just, car, but you know, whatever. <laughs> just wait till Eloise is there. <laughs> with you it's um yeah it's profound and it's deep and it will forever i mean oh yeah yeah it's uh you're every not, particle of you changes you're not coming back no i mean not yes. going back no there is no going back I and when people talk and one of the things and we've talked about this a little bit about the you know healing hmm <laughs> Perfect. In a story. We don't need to we don't need to talk anymore about that shit. <laughs> and and this idea that you can. Yeah. Like that, oh, it will, you know. I mean, but if people would just fucking think about it. Yeah. There's always a scar. Yeah. If you want to talk about like, yeah, you got physically injured, well, there's gonna be a fucking scar. Yeah. yeah even if it's internally you can't see it. Yeah. It's fucking there. Yeah. And the, the the this you know the, you know in in Weller's book when he's talking about you know like hey we, 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 the, the, this oh, will you say the title of what that book is I can't remember oh. off the top of my head I've, if I had a you know oh, yeah something the, wild sorrows the, the, yeah yeah the, the wildness of I can't yeah yeah um, Francis Weller um, 
I, I don't know what would one would call him. I, I mean, I, I would say a grief theorist, but also a grief, um, like, spiritualist, a guy, like someone who fucking accepted it and delved into it and knows more about it than Beautifully. really anybody than I've ever read. Yeah. But this, the, the, that, that idea of like, Hey, it's been three days, get over it. You oh, know, yeah, like no. move on, like do this thing. And like, there's no fucking moving on, no. you know, with certain loss, like it will, oh, and, and, and I, and it will always be an anchor in, in our lives. It will always be a reference point of some kind. And we might, we will, you know, you're still you're still here we're just gonna say you you know we we still live yeah you still live yes um but that is the incident the reference point the thing that affects everything from that moment forward and there's and there's no way to smooth that out there's Mm -hmm. no way that's just like well you wouldn't want to of course not well I mean, you and I can say, like, of course not. Like, I want to, I want to feel it ultimately. I mean, the re, you know, you've we've shared writing. You know about my late nights yes. and communing with the dead, yes. and that those are the things that affected me more. And 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 I'll say, maybe more powerfully, maybe more deeply, lastingly, than the living have completely which is a fucking insult to all of those people who are still alive but also not yeah their power is there it's just different yeah and so i don't think there is healing i think there is learning to navigate in a world that is utterly changed yes and to understand and we've you know we've talked a little bit about, about the I think I said something about hope recently and you just started kind of laughing. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds about right. Hopeful or whatever. (laughs) Or even if I say happy, I love seeing you happy and you're like, I get upset. You do. But there's a, but there's a fit. Like when we go ice climbing and I see you and you're doing that that thing. And there's, yes, there's the momentary. Yes. And I feel like you're more able to accept that, the momentary yes. happy now then a hundred percent shortly after the accident. But so in the days after you wrote me that moment, that piece, and yes. then there was everything that happened in Bozeman around the memorial and the community what, is just stunning. And that video that you shared of the memorial itself and of your speech. And I was, astonished at your ability to conduct in a way obviously you know Christopher and Mm. Allie and Mish and there were a lot of other people who made that possible but for you to walk on and give the the, and, and speak the words that you said was incredible thank you and to realize and and we corresponded over that time and you sent me a package and that package arrived on a day when I was 
highly sensitized to the universe. Yes. <laughs> and I recognized at that point, like, we're having this symposium. A lot of really good people are going to be here. Yeah. A lot of people who've lived a lot, who've yeah. lived through a lot. And I knew then that I should invite you down. Yeah. Whether you said yes or no, it didn't, it didn't matter. I just knew that like these are people with big hearts and long arms. Big time. And funnily, and I mean, Dalila was one of those people. Yes. And funnily enough, within about a day of you sending me that initial, it was probably even less, your initial con- note telling me about Trav's accident. John Free sent me a note. Mm. Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't know if you know this, but I know that you and she are friends. But there was this accident and her husband got killed. <laughs> I wrote back, I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm kind of in it. <laughs> yeah. Peace. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the fact that Dalila would be here for that yep. peace, I thought, oh my God, this is, she, and she is a, an incredible woman who's lived through a big, lot. Big time. From childhood. Yep. And I thought, okay, if she and Blair could be in the same room, if she could understand Luke's story. Yep. If, you know, anything, this project, business, community, whatever we have. I don't know what we have here, but if there's anything about it, it's built on heart. Yes. And love and truth and just being open and willing to hear and share other people's experiences. So I invited you. Part of me thinking like, ah, you know, it's been two months. What do you <laughs> it, mean? It'll be fine. Oh, of course you'll say yes. <laughs> you know, or whatever, yeah. you know, like, and, 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 but also, and then there's the other part, just like, just, like if it was me, I'd be amazed if I was still alive at this point, A, but B, you know, there's no fucking way I'm leaving my house. I'm not leaving my community. I'm not leaving this close thing. I'm not going to take the risk to go to this place and then you said yes and you showed up <laughs> little did i know i mean and you walked through the door you walked through you came in by yourself i mean you can't i mean obviously you ran into d in the parking lot but no friends no support no nothing only later did i learn that you know the, the other dark queens the dark queens <laughs> the dark queens were there fucking drove down with you yes and they spent the day drinking yeah which, they got day drunk which which they Mish, deserved woo. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, we're, going to, we're going to Salt Lake Party we're leaving this you know the, the scene of you know whatever and but you I don't know I don't I don't know there's photographic evidence 
oh, man. of what happened when you w- walked through the door. And there was a fucking amazing puppy that just came over and realized that you needed her. Yes. And and then we started the day yeah. of talking, uh, you know, yeah, symposium. It's fitness. We're supposed to talk about fitness. But if fitness is about anything, if we're talking about fitness, we're talking about life. And why don't we just fucking talk about life instead of using fitness as the surrogate, you yep. know, or the, or the training or the whatever. And I, I don't know. Michael and I knew that we've done enough of these things. We knew that what was missing was the depth when talking about life because everybody still wanted to talk about the thing they thought they were here to talk about. And Blair Speed shows up and just like, all right, (laughs) shall we go nuclear? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I do. (laughs) And because there are people and they're like hinting at things. And and I know that... Well, that's what uh, Luke kept bringing the conversation back to trauma and 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 effort after trauma or yeah. performance after trauma, and the con- and I didn't know his story at all at that point. And uh, it's only slightly heavy. Yeah, and uh, he kept going there, and then and, and I you could feel like no- you oh, know, I could like feel a the knocking, knocking. And, and and everybody's like. Fucking someone just go through the door. Someone just like quit knocking and fucking open it and go. So I raised my hand and I was like, (laughs) because, well, fuck it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was like, well, fuck it. I didn't know if I was going to go here or not, but here we go. And then I started to tell the story about Travis and losing Travis. And honestly, we brought it to physical effort because I did. Well, I very much believe I believe that when my soul left and went to be with Travis, that he gave a part of his soul to me. And I believe that resides within me. And I witnessed that in many ways. And one of the ways I witnessed that is in my physical effort. I am far stronger than I have ever been with no <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I'm in an air quote effort. Yeah. You didn't, you, you, you got gifts That's, you didn't fuck. Yeah. That you earned. Yes. You didn't train for. Yes. And, um, well, <laughs> it's several things. So it's like, it's part Travis and Travis was so strong. I mean, like there was times after the accident, I would like yell to the sky. I'd be like, were you Thor? Uh, <laughs> you know, like Travis would grab my forearm and I'd be like, ow, 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 ow. And he's like, don't be dramatic. I'm like, no, you're just that strong. And, uh, I mean, he could just, I mean, he just moved beautifully. He was an incredible athlete, uh, and search and rescue and moving in the mountains and, and, uh, wait, where are we going? (laughs) We were in a symposium. Yes. Oh, yes. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And so, uh, after some race that I did, Lizzie, one of the dark queens, goes, well, it's easy to win when you're two people now, <laughs> which is accurate. Um, but I talked about this experience. My God, that is fucking amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, you're running a race and you have four legs? Well, Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> yeah, no, but two hearts. And uh, so... 
In the symposium. At least. At least, yes. In the symposium. Because the sum of. Ah, yes. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, so I ended up telling, talking about this experience and, and how I'd been an athlete since I was 11. But there is no physicality like the physicality of losing your person. Whether your person is your love or your husband or your wife or your child. Uh, or your fucking climbing partner or your climbing partner or your friend whoever your person is whoever you are intimately interconnected with whoever has a part of your heart that is out there just walking around to lose that person is such an extreme physical experience I mean I had a heart attack for months I sweat through everything I didn't sleep for half a year uh, and I would just soak my bed every night in sweat because that is the physicality of what I was going through. And and some of that, that physicality, if I may be yeah. uh, forward, um, was expressed in the loss of physicality. Yes. Keep going. Because, like you showed up in September. Yep. And we interacted for whatever that was, seven, eight hours, something. Yep. Boom. Then Blair's gone. Yep. And we stayed, and then, you know, correspondence continued. Yep. And um, just say that I've become a better writer because of it. Mm. Um, but then the next time we see each other is a year later. Yep. And I'm like, holy shit, you had you had lost some of your physicality in the months after immediately after the accident that you had regained in yep. the year. And even more so now. And now it's like, so when we met was early, you know, saw each other again, it was early October. Yep. Um, or the end of September. It was almost a year. I mean, it was basically a year. Yeah. And then, and now, January. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, you're in the gym again. You're moving again. You're out. You're eating. You're sleeping. Yes. Which is a huge thing. Yes. You just f- feel more vital. Yes. Than you were then, which is... So, I mean, so there, there's an absolutely physical component to loss. Massively so. That, you know, okay, so what are the first, you know, and I'm not, not going to turn this into a fitness podcast. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> but those first steps back, like everything, like you're not moving at all at, at all. first because you can't because you're sitting on the floor for fucking hours. Yes. And you're not sleeping and you're doing, but then you and, start. And I didn't want to, I I didn't want to miss anything. I didn't want to miss any of the loss or pain because I knew it was part of the love. And I wasn't going to miss loving Travis. And so for me, that meant not immediately returning to old habits I had built of thinking my worth is based on my physical effort every single day. But you also can't return in, in those circumstances. Oh, I couldn't. Like there's, I no, wasn't... there's no fucking way. Like, you're... I'm sorry, but ma'am. You were not in control. No, at all. So that wasn't even a decision you had to make. It's no. just like, this is happening. This is what I'm doing. And grief, loss. We talk about how I hate the word grief because I think it's a real shit one syllable word. Now that I know that it comes from the Latin word gravitas. 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 gravitas yeah. Uh, for weight. I like it more. Uh, but... Words that have their roots in Latin always have meaning. Exactly. <laughs> Completely. Deeper meaning. Yes. So I, and this is a sacred time. And so it's being present in that. And for that, I didn't move a lot. I would 
I would wake up and I would take a shower. I would take Charlotte for a short walk. And then I'd like lay down on the back porch. And that was my routine for a long time. But we talk about like the dark queens. And uh, one of the things I learned in this process of infinite learning, I better understood feminine strength. And we all have masculine and feminine within us. And to me, feminine strength, and this I speak to the women in my life, is the acknowledgement that we are not in control. And that we can't change the worst situation. This is the worst situation that my life could have given me. And nothing can be done to make it better or to change it. And the women of my life arrived with that knowledge. And they didn't ask me to be happy or to be grateful I had just experienced love. Or they didn't ask me to not be in those moments. They just laid down in those moments alongside of me. And in not asking me to change, and in to not ask me to not acknowledge the pain, they made me feel less alone, and in turn they helped me. And this is the feminine strength to go to those deep moments, to lay down beside you so you're not alone. It was absolutely beautiful. I had, I mean, Chrissy... And then also to do whatever was necessary to keep you here. A hundred percent. Whatever needed to be done. I mean, they helped with the memorial. They helped with the pets. I mean, my dog almost died on the same day Travis had an accident, his accident, um, which is beyond comprehension. My dog was rushed to the emergency vet by my girlfriends and taken care of. And it would be a month before she was completely rehabilitated. I mean, there's times I'm carrying my dog with an IV hanging out of her around my house and Travis is dead. And I'm like, how can this be my life? That first night after the accident, it was just Mish and Alicia and Catsby, my 23-year-old cat, 21 at the time, uh, and I. The Sultan. The Sultan. And he did his job, man. That cat. Because at that point, Char was in the in the ER overnighting yep. at the vet. Char was at the emergency vet uh, that For night. For fuck's sake, Blair Speed. It was a really horrible day. A day you... I died too. And uh, so that night I just had cats be upstairs and there's like this like epic lightning storm. So lightning storms every night for six weeks uh, from the accident on. No shit. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so he was Thor. Thor, exactly. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, and he was pissed. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I... yeah. Man. But I had earthly, like, ideas. Yes. <laughs> but this experience of these women that they laid with me in the trenches and they didn't change. They fed me. They, I mean, Chrissy, like, dropped off food quietly with no acknowledgement every day for months because I refused to eat. And uh, and then when I walked, these women walked beside me and they collected rocks. And then when I could run again, this physicality returning, then they ran with me in the, in the mountains. And the people of my life are what sustain me. They collected rocks. They collected rocks. So there's this Lydia Yeknovich quote 
and the chronology of water and it's like uh how uh like collect rocks like rocks can hold everything rocks hold everything living and dead from this world like they can hold it all so collect rocks when when nothing else works when there is no healing you collect rocks and you place them all around your house or you place them on you and so i did this i collected tons of rocks and i've seen some of them yes it's a lot of hearts a lot of lightning bolts a lot of hearts a lot of lightning bolt rocks and uh and jen and i would collect some and we'd sing death metal or we'd speak death metal speak. to one another. You can't really we'd, sing yeah, death metal. We would speak death <laughs> <Yeah>. metal. <laughs> Dark queens. <laughs> so that was the slow process of regaining physicality. And it was that it was that feminine strength that got me through that initial process. And at some point, I wanted to return to the mountains in the way that I had known. And the fact that not only was Travis my... I say that Travis is like, Travis is the greatest gift of my life. And the fact that he helped create me, we met when we were so young and instead of, and this is not the case for every relationship, of course, but sometimes when you meet very young, you can stagnate in, in repetitive habit loops and you don't grow and you react at that age for many years on. And that is not the case with Travis and I, we incessantly pushed one another in very beautiful and supportive ways and expanded alongside of one another. Um, And he also was my guide for 10 years and took me to places that I never could have gone to on my own in the mountains. And that was such a beautiful experience in my life and such a gift. Like you've seen the smile, like I love it so much And so as that physicality started to return and I started to eat again uh, and moving slowly again, uh, this is when some of... And let me... Yes. I'll add a comment there that that eating again is a sign of wanting to live again. It is. And that's why I didn't eat. It's because I wanted to disappear. Yeah. And so I refused to eat. And then as people told me that I needed to, then I was like, Uh, yes, exactly. Tell me what to do, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You and your good intentions. Yeah. You and your love and care for me. I'll hit that food out of your hand. Exactly. No, no, no. No, because that's not what you did. What did I do? You probably like maybe took a, maybe smelled, took a taste, like love this, love this, love this going in the trash. (laughs) No, I was more blunt. I was real blunt then. Yeah, real, real blunt then. Yeah, don't waste your money. Yeah, it was, oh, or, it was or, aggressive. Yes. Shit. I know. Okay. And an even greater testament to feminine strength yeah. that they disobeyed. What do you mean? They just kept bringing you food. Oh, they yes. They just kept loving. You they kept did. pushing away and not eating. Yep. And they... We're always there. We're always there. Yeah. And they were, and they knew in their hearts what the, A, they had to do them for themselves, but also. It was beautiful. What you needed and the like, okay, 
a consistent expression. Like you're not going to take a one-time declaration. Oh, no. It has to be persistent. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Stubborn. Yes. Ginger. Exactly. 100%. Comes to mind. Yes. But Accurate. also stubborn, injured. <laughs> yes. Ginger. Completely. And this goes back to the fact like in, in my street is very special that the house that Travis built uh, is where I live. And next door are two of my dearest friends, Christopher and Allie. Behind me is Emma and Kyle, and down the street is Alicia and Dan. So I have these this community, uh, just like I'm like in the center of almost a commune. It is a commune. It is a beautiful, beautiful commune. I mean, Travis put a ladder so we could climb over the fence to get into Allie and Christopher's fence. <laughs> um, Awesome. <laughs> so I have this like disapproved of by the HOA for sure. Of course, but, but we'll add to my hey. art installation next summer. Yeah, hopefully, exactly. or this summer. Yes. Yeah. We're in 2021 now. Yeah. Ooh, time. Um. Fuck it. But yes, in uh, to like continue on the path of physicality. At some point, I wanted to go back to the mountains, and that's when the men of my life uh, arrived. And uh, I got into a place. They understood that, that that up until that point that they couldn't necessarily be helpful. Yes. Like that what we have to offer as dudes, because I'm like all the time that you're talking about the story and I'm trying to think like, okay, what do dudes do? What do we do? What would we do? How did we help each other when, you know, like, yeah, my climbing cart partner got killed in front of my fucking eyes. Okay. Yeah. So Louis, the guys that were survived, you know, with the you know apart from but also there how do we handle that how do we you know and it's it's super different yes it's exactly what i think you're about to describe right now is they <laughs> arrived when they were just like oh we can finally fucking like help yes oh you know it's in such a, a way or, or or teach or support or shoulder experience together share something yes but those I mean, I'm not going to. It isn't universal. No, yeah. but I also, I'm, and, and I'm just like, and, and me thinking about that right now and knowing and understanding my personality is like, yeah, I'm a male, but I also would lie down on the floor with you. You would. Like, I also, like, I am strongly driven, I don't want to say controlled by whatever, but influenced by the feminine parts of my nature where I can understand where I like that's I, I'm not going to be the dude who's like hey let's go climbing it's like hey I'm pretty hydrated I could cry for three hours with you right now completely and that's and that it, needs and, to be expressed and shared and it and, and it does and 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 I think what and I don't want to suggest that there's any huge difference between feminine strength and masculine strength it's within each of be, us be, because we can yes. we, we can have both within us yes and it's what we accept and what we allow ourselves to express what we are sensitized to 100%. in some way that you know man i have i have cried a lot with my brothers yes. over loss because i can yes when they and sometimes I do when they can't or when they won't. Yes. It was like, let me do it for you. Yes. Which is beautiful. Because this is, because I'm just a fucking antenna. Yes. Apparently. Yes. Anyway, so the boys came back. The boys came back. When, when you were ready to. Uh, yeah. I So 
Travis and I used to watch the video of the pi- the picnic. Uh, <laughs> Max was our favorite. If you've seen the video, and I'm not talking about the outside magazine video, that's not it. The original is what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, Let's talk picnic. What is it? What are we talking about here? So the picnic, because you know, I see basket, red and white checkered fucking tablecloth on the ground. Yes, that is a picnic. <laughs> Another form of picnic is you start in Jackson Hole, you bike from Jackson Hole to Jenny Lake, you swim across Jenny Lake. And that's like... Well, I think that if you're a decent... It's it's some miles. Well, I think it's like... It's not next door. It's supposed to be only a mile to a mile and a half. I forget. I'm not great with numbers. No, no, no. I'm talking about Jackson to Jenny Lake. Oh, Jackson to Jenny Lake. Which is way more than a mile and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Young lady, unless you're like looking at a map that I... But it's only this far on the map. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, is it 10 20 whatever i, I don't think know. it's 20 something let's just go 20 20 ish 24 let's go 24 24 that's I my guess it. 24 yeah. is my guess for mileage kelly helping chime in yeah come on <laughs> uh, so chime in tomorrow yes <laughs> um so you bike from jackson hole to jenny lake then you swim across jenny lake and i think the swim across jenny lake is theoretically supposed to just be a mile to a mile and a half but we're terrible at directions. Like, if you watch our chart, we, like, zigzag so hard, it basically takes us two miles to get across the Yeah, yeah. The people lake. who can swim directly to shit. Well, who does yeah, that? Yeah, they're trained by government organizations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I brought 500 glow sticks for us to wear. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so. Because Party Blair. Because Party Blair. Yeah. Exactly. Resurrect Party Blair. <laughs> and, uh... Okay. I mean, do you need do you need a sound system to I go know. with glow sticks? Oh man, that's waterproof. <sighs> okay, then you climb the Grand Teton. You come down the Grand Teton. Wait, 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 wait. So you swim across a lake. Yeah. But then you need to like the Grand Teton's not just waiting for you at no. the other side. No, you actually significantly go out of the way to get to the Grand by swimming across the lake. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Yes. Then you because you could conceivably ride your bike to the trailhead. Yes. Directly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then you climb the Grand. I'll go back to the. Okay. Wait. Ex- how, okay. How far is it the hike up to you know into Garnet Canyon in oh, the lower saddle? I, I have no idea. It's the t- whole thing is like I think. The whole you, thing takes some time. Yes. If you a, start at the trailhead, it's seven miles up to the top of the Grand and down. Boom. But if you start at the other side of Jenny Lake, it's 10 miles. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ride, swim. Climb. Ten, 10 miles to the top. Yep. Whatever. Come N- down. Some climbing. Some climbing. Kind of yep. need a rope. Yep. Well, you're not actually to do the actual picnic. You're not supposed to use a rope. Yeah, but because why would you I'm, carry one? Exactly. Like Because you'd have to swim it across. The, you'd have to yes. carry it on your bike, swim it across the lake, et cetera. But I, mm. I used a rope because yeah. nobody needs to watch me die yeah. right now. <laughs> and uh, yeah. No shit. Yeah. Not that team. And uh, you climb it. Then you swim back across the lake. And but then you, you climb it. You come down the Grand Teton then you come and go da- back the yes. 10 miles from the top to the lake. And then you swim back across the lake. So that's the whole, that's the picnic. Oh, but wait. No, you swim back. And oh, you, and then and you, you bike and back. And you recover your bikes. Yes. And then you get back to town. To Jackson Hole. Yeah. Okay. So Travis and I would watch this video. It's a fucking big ass picnic. It's a fucking awesome picnic. A lot of snacks. Chrissy, the Ernest Baker, sent me off with like 25 pounds of... <laughs> Baked good. It's like a, an impressive amount. I need a trailer behind my bike to drag all the snacks. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Hey, if snacks are involved, 
I'm down. Well, I was going to say that Aaron would also be totally down. Yes. Because snacks. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. Snacks and effort. Snacks yeah. and effort. Yeah. Oh, my God. Maybe she'll do the picnic next year. This year. I keep thinking it's 2020 still. Uh, uh, what yeah. is time? Who cares? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's a function of gravity. But. Uh, Which hasn't been proven to exist yet, except. In theory. And some anecdotal evidence. Yeah. <laughs> so here uh, yeah <laughs> so okay travis and i would watch this video like once a year max is our favorite he like does the thing in flip-flops he like works a double the night but we don't know max he's just this guy yeah you know he's awesome he smokes cigarettes i meant to bring cigarettes to smoke on the grand i would have taken the buds but i forgot anyway you wouldn't have just pitched him no yeah okay so the boys good girl yes so the boys i uh ask them i asked joey and jackson and jorge if the jays if you will the The jays if you will i was like do we say the jays or do we always have to say the jays if you will (laughs) i mean uh, just the jays just the jays just the jays okay so I asked them if they'll do the picnic with me because it's something Travis always wanted to do. Yeah. And Travis just wanted to go like down and do it himself, but I wanted a team. And uh, and they agreed. And they agreed enthusiastically. And it wasn't just the day that we went to go do it. It was like all the days, of course, leading up to it. It's like all the climbing adventures and swimming and running. And to get to move in the mountains with them was incredibly special to me. Um, and meant so much to me. And then, and, and, okay, let me give this, like, I'm having a technical issue here. Yes, tell me. So, you leave Jackson on the bike. Yeah. And you got all your shit. Yeah. Everything that you need for the entire picnic. No, we didn't do that. I did a supported. Okay. I did supported part. This is Party Blair organizing this. Okay. And also, this is my dead husband's dream, so I didn't follow anybody's rules except my own. Fuck yeah. Okay. I did follow one rule, was don't spray about it. So Nice. (laughs) So now we're spraying, but it's later, so it's okay. It's like kind of a a limp spray, if you will. But- (laughs) Oh, okay, cool. Because I'm just trying to think. I'm like imagining in my head. I'm just like, oh, motherfucker, okay, I can get water on the way, so I don't have to carry that. But however, snacks. Oh no, I fucking have like, wetsuit, glow sticks. Yeah, climbing 500 gear. Five hundred glow sticks. It, I mean, that's not light. No. Yeah. No. God damn. Worth it. Yeah. No, Mish has her red Tacoma, and uh, Mish and Lizzie are our support, and they have snacks and coffee, and our climbing gear is in there, and a fucking good attitude and a fucking good attitude yeah this is how we're doing this so all right and mish okay we just read a card earlier that you had sent down to the nonprofit family after my truck was broken into yeah yeah details Detail. hey whoa easy we're not even to that part of the story yet are you kidding me <laughs> this soon like, we have seven another... hours to record. no 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 we've got four <laughs> wait 458 yeah whatever yeah we've so um yeah, Mish, let's get arrested. Yes. <laughs> no problem. I, I'm for sure. So I'm, Mish, I'm quite sure that a night out with Mish would lead, would end in arrest and that maybe Blair would post bail. But Completely. <laughs> yes, completely. So, picnic. Okay, so there was support. 
all the snacks, everything that you would need for yeah. each section, all w- on the truck, where, where they could. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, yeah. So you could, is... so you could ride the bikes slick, yes. so to speak, out to the lake, yep. and they'd be like, "Hey, here's well, your wetsuit." Except for the glow sticks that we were wearing. Mm-hmm. We were wearing glow sticks for the bike ride. We started, yeah. I don't know, sometime after midnight. Started a little after midnight. The boys and I, we bike with our glow sticks, and it's beautiful. I mean, like. Again, all the days leading up to it. Does someone have a ghetto blaster? Yes, like we're, we'll get to that. Okay, hundred percent. Like, like big boombox. I mean, it's a fucking picnic. Like so a hey, big boombox. What's a picnic without a boombox? Yes, completely. So we bike. It's a full. It's a Tuesday. Tuesdays are very special to me. Today's a Tuesday, of course. And uh, and so. It's a Tuesday at random. It's a full moon as well, which Fifle. we didn't even plan. Fucking Fifel. Yes, Fifel. Yeah. Fifel goes west. Yeah. And so it's a full moon. <laughs> and uh, it's beautiful. And like this like big owl like flies right in front of us. We're biking out there and I just like, I just keep like, like it's like I'm yelling at Jackson. I'm like, we're doing it. You know, it's the de- like everything's aligned. Everything's aligned. Yeah. And I just knew it. And they kept being like, well, how will we know where the other side of the lake is? And I'm like, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I just have like Keep swimming till you hit something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess. I'm like, we'll be fine. Like no reconnaissance. I'm like, whatever. So it's dark. We bike. We get there. As we're pulling into the parking lot of the lake, Joey breaks his crank arm off of his bike. The whole thing shreds off. So he only has one pedal. <laughs> but we make it in to the lake. We change into our wetsuits. We put on our... That's gl- the kind of thing that could weigh you down for a while, knowing that you're going to have to come back to your bike and I know, but he, get 24 miles back to Jackson. But, he's or tall you could Buddha. just let go. Yeah, he'll just let go. He's tall Buddha. He's like, yeah. we'll figure it out. You know, no big deal. Yeah. So <laughs> we put on our wetsuits. We put on our glow sticks and we swim across the lake and Misha and Lizzie take off to meet us on the other side. Which is walking. Which is walking. Yeah. Yes, completely. Running, walking. Yeah, whatever. But you're yeah. on foot. You're not in the they're, you're not in the red Tacoma anymore. No, they're not in the red Tacoma anymore. Yeah. They've left that behind to yeah. go to the other side. And so the swim across Jenny Lake at night on a full moon with a clear sky and these boys around me and us all wearing our glow sticks. It's like one of the most beautiful experiences. And you like coming back to the mountains and i hadn't been to the tetons after the mountains have taken everything yes and travis i mean he guided me up all of the tetons you know like i had never been to the tetons without travis and so this is like i wrote to jackson in this experience and i explained to him you know like every moment is three moments for me every single moment is three moments every single moment is a memory of travis every single moment is acknowledging that he is no longer here. And then every single moment is what is actually happening happening in the moment. And so that's all transpiring in this in this time. So we swim across the lake and there's like shooting stars. Let me interject one second. Yeah. You're gonna get to four moments what's, in the moment. What's the fourth? Continue. Okay. So shooting stars. Shooting stars. Shooting stars. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh I love those boys, men. Uh, we talk and we joke and we swim across and we get to the other side and then, um, yeah, we change out of our wetsuits and we head up the grand and we get to like lower saddle and we're like filling up our water. It's like one of the last places to get water is at lower saddle. And, uh, this guy's like, Oh, you guys, 
Like, Some dude who was randomly at the lower saddle. Yeah, exactly. Like, having the ex- most gigantic experience of his life because he's from fucking Mississippi. And, yes, like, I think he, he actually was from Mississippi. He fucking drove west and ran into some mountains and thought he should climb one. Yes, but he was tr- he was not... He was going to try to do it in a day, but then was like, no, this is, I just can't do this. So he was stopped being at lower saddle. And he's like, when did you guys start? I was like, 1230. I was like, but we started in Jackson Hole. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? It's, it's so beautiful. Like just to share the difference in capability between human beings. Oh, it's beautiful. And just and to say like, realms. hey, this is, this, here's something like we're doing this thing. And because we're doing it, obviously it's possible for human beings. Oh yeah, if you wanted to, you can. And 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 if and 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 it's yes, yeah. it's available. Yeah, like opportunity is available. Yes, and it a lot of. I mean, yeah, we decide what we can and can't do in advance a lot of times. Oh, we think that we know it, but that's on an individual level. Yes. And then whatever that guy was experiencing was limitation were limitations imposed on a societal level. What do you mean? In the sense that, like, like why would he if if he believed a hundred percent that he could do it as an individual? Why would he question himself and stop at the lower saddle? I don't know. Maybe he heard something. We don't know. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Where I was headed. Yeah. To explain this gentleman's experience for him. <laughs> Is that like, no, you've been going, you know, there's like an an idea about how long you can go and how hard you can go. And that's, that's a consensus in a way that affects us, even though that we, even if we don't recognize that pressure or that influence. And so after he'd been going for six hours, that was one hour longer than he'd been told he could go continuously. Completely. And so he'd already surpassed the mark that, you know, the the limitations that had been set upon him by other people. And so that was good enough. Yeah. Some people would stop at the five hours because that's what society said was possible. Yeah. A random arbitrary fucking number. But, um, but then, but, but the dangerous thing for progression as a human being is to surpass the limitations imposed by society just slightly and call that enough, even when it is well short of what you could actually do. Completely. And this is if, you know, if this project, my former project, my fucking life has been about anything, it's trying to help people recognize exactly that. Of course. Is that every step along the way... There are things you're going to have to overcome, and until until you don't stop, until you no longer stop at the word no, but at actual physical circumstances that declare no, yes, you're unfulfilled. Yeah, you're settling for less. Yeah, and you just need to keep. Anyway, anyway, so no. guy from Mississippi, well, wait, he's in the is... lower saddle, and he's like in a, you know, whatever place he's in, and you're in a different place, and, this and you is perfect. meet. Well, this is perfect because this is a commonality that you and Travis have, is seeing that that um, potential within, within each of us, and the ability to push or guide people to pull that out of themselves. Yeah. Uh, this is, I mean... I mean, I would say it right now. I see more in you than you see in you. Like potential 
was possibility was future but i'm learning oh yeah aren't we all yes completely. as am i yes and I'm maybe maybe what I'm learning is like, oh, she's like a little bit further down the road than I thought or, you know, or whatever. <laughs> but I but, but it, yes. Uh, he and I would share that in, in, in that that vision, that point of view for all people. Yes. Not just the I mean, I'm not like the entire fucking world, but and not just the ones closest to but this is what you're talking about with this gentleman from Mississippi. You know that there's a potential within there that he can tap into. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. And this is what it was like to walk beside Travis. Like if you worked out in the gym next to Travis, you tried harder. If you went to dinner with Travis, you had deep conversation that moved you. You had someone. All right. Tell me what would happen if a fellow went drinking with Travis. Oh man, who knows? <laughs> It could, well, it could either be like deep philosophical questions or it could be like giggling and making it a competition. <laughs> you know? yeah. Those competitions generally end in tears, but whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes. Nice. Yes. But I mean, and that's what I have sensed like in and around the community in Bozeman of, of what, you know, he inspired in others or allowed them to see within themselves. Yes. And, and the world is a poorer place because he's not here. I agree very much. So, and, um, that's actually what my friend said uh, a little while ago. She was talking about how much her partner misses Trav and Trav. Travis's and my love is incredible. And in that process, it connected us to a lot of people in our community. And they were a part of that love as well. And people love Travis and me very deeply. Uh, and it is a very special part of our lives. And so I was having dinner with a friend the other evening. And uh, she talked about how much her partner misses Travis. And she talked about how much he misses as well coming back better from the experience of shared time together. And this is what Travis did for me in my life every day. Uh, was that pushing or seeing that potential within and, and a commonality that you two may share or may not is sometimes that belief is so big. Like you see such potential that it can be overwhelming to the individual. Like, fuck, I don't know if I can do that. Uh, but it's little steps along the way that we learn that we can do that and more. Uh, so maybe maybe Mississippi will do that physically, or maybe I'll do it in a whole different realm of, of life. And maybe still at the lower saddle trying to figure <laughs> shit out. Who knows? You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're at the lower saddle. We're at the lower saddle. We get water. Yeah. And then we keep going. And I'm feeling like pretty shitty at this point. And I, like, know myself really well. Uh, and I'm like, well, I don't feel good. Uh, so I stop and I make a kid's news for my niece and nephew because I love them dearly. And I like to make kid's news for them in weird spots. So I did it somewhere between lower saddle and upper saddle on the grand. And uh, we see some ravens. And I always caca when I see ravens. And there's, like, 30 of them. And I stop. I know. And I stop cacaing. And Jackson and Joey are like, oh, God, 
Like, that's, like, the only time they've ever been nervous about me in the mountains. They're like, Blair's not cacaoing. <laughs> you know? Like, she's like messed up. there's too fucking many of them, man. I lost my voice. <laughs> she's messed up. <laughs> I need some snacks. We get uh, behind a party that's a little bit slower on the because we're on the Owen Spalding route and so we're at the belly roll so we have to like wait for them and I and Jorge and I are both like oh hallelujah like let's eat and like rest for a second fucking belly roll yeah oh also Joey told me that I had to do this in climbing shoes or at least approach shoes and I was like because we did granite in a day earlier that summer or a little bit before in hokas in hokas yeah because I rock I'm a hoka narwhal yeah and uh, I put crampons on hokas why not? I mean, as you do. Yeah, exactly. And so I did the grand in my hokas. We get to the summit. There's a birthday party going on. Classic blunt Blair. I just pull out some of Travis uh, to spread his ashes, a few of his <laughs> ashes. Some of Travis, i.e. ashes. Ashes, yes, yeah. completely. Yes, I should explain that. <laughs> and um, Sorry to bum your high, folks. I know. But I'm like, cool birthday my... party over there. Anyway. Dead and, husband. Yes, exactly. Into the wind over here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they and some people are like very comfortable in those or like they can they can be there. They can go there. Yeah. This birthday party couldn't necessarily go there, <laughs> which I understand. But I was like, whatever. Uh, Jorge and I cry, of course, because that's what we do. I and, mean, but then you can also look over and go, "You're never going to forget this birthday." <laughs> Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Caca when you see a raven. Yeah. Fucker. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was beautiful. And I brought a, I brought a, like, I call it a gold heart rock. It was like just like a yellow rock I had found in Mm -hmm. the shape of a heart. And I called Travis my golden heart of rage because he's light and dark. And uh, so I brought a gold heart rock and I put it on the top of the grand. And then we started heading down. Um, yeah, and we climbed down and we swam back across and then <laughs> Poor Jorge with his fucking fucked up bike. No, Joey. Oh, That's Joey. 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 Yes, yeah. So then we had to bike back and Joey has one pedal, but he's committed, man. He's gonna do it. So he fucking... tighten straps. He takes a tighten strap. Okay, I was gonna say duct tape. Yeah, tighten strap tighten strap his, nice. his foot to the pedal so he yeah. could pedal with one leg. Yeah. And um, Jorge put a giant boombox on his back uh, and blasted music. Um, and Soundtrack, yeah. please. Oh, I mean, all over the place. Okay. I mean, like metal, pop. Okay, There's so a lot of Rage Against the Machine. So it's when Twy was DJing. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah. Like New Year's Eve DJ. Yes. We went everywhere. Everywhere. We yeah. went everywhere. Beautiful. A lot of Rage Against the Machine, though, for sure. Nice. Yeah. And um, my bike Because back. Rage. Because Rage. Exactly. It has its place. But also, that band is also about deep love. That band is massively about deep love yeah. and not settling. Mm. And uh, and we make it back to the horns, the antlers, in Jackson Hole. I almost biff it literally 15 <laughs> feet from the end. There's this pothole. <laughs> like, I, like, I literally almost died 15 feet from the end. There's this pothole. The boys all navigated around it beautifully. I was like, oh, shit. And there's an oncoming car. And I like literally almost have this like epic 15 feet from the end, which would have been appropriate, but not. But not. But not. No. And um, you're so far from the end, Blair's We'll see. And uh, and uh, I agree. And uh, as much as you don't want to. <laughs> yes, completely. Yeah. Completely. And so we did it. And um, 
That was like an incredible. I fucking love that. Pothole, pothole, pothole. Law of gravitational attraction. Pothole. Fuck. Uh, Okay, avoid car. What do I do? Like you didn't avoid pothole. You avoided the car. Yes, exactly. 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 I mean, I just jokingly, lightly. Yeah. I love talking to people about like, you know, in the in the past, where it's like, oh yeah, it's just the law of gravitational attraction. They're like, what? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, look at the rock and you'll hit it. Yes. For sure. Yes. You know, you're going to go where you're looking. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, I'd, and I'd back in a long time ago, like early days of paragliding, it's like coming in for a landing. Do not look at that. Yes. The last, Don't like, look, look away. Look 90 yes. degrees away from that fucking rock. Yes. Because it's like almost like you're like, I'm coming in, I'm flaring perfectly, speed's good, I'm fl- downwind. You know, or up, excuse me, upwind landing, and I'm coming in, everything's like coming in small, and I'm looking at, there's a rock, there's a rock, there's a rock, oh, look at me, I'm going to fucking hit this thing, like a gigantic field of beautiful soft grass. No. One one giant boulder. That's where I'm going. Fucking where I'm going, because that's where I'm looking. Yes. Hence the pothole was, uh, was your friend until the car distracted you. <laughs> yes, completely. Yeah. I was like, oh, God. Well, and there's, well, uh, the irresistible force paradox Yes. Yes. And so our dear friend Billy uh, spoke about this at our wedding, actually, is the irresistible force paradox, where the um, unstoppable force meets the immovable object. And so in this example... Oh, who is who? I just need to... I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure I know, but please do tell. (laughs) So in this... Well, I'm the unstoppable force, and he's the immovable object, Fuck, I would have flipped that 100%. I think that Billy would have too, but uh, Travis and I, like, in our in our relationship and, like, the intimacies of home, that's how him and I saw it. But I think uh, outside of that, people see it the other way. Yeah. But that's, like, that's life. It's life. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Yeah. And we never know what, um, when we're observing and talking about or or assessing other human relationships we don't understand what what it is no it's just like oh yeah i get it i see you yes oh i guess i don't yes or yeah yeah so that was the physical journey that we started to talk about at the symposium and you got done with the picnic this year and then basically and that was sort of like a welcome back to physicality yes well when i if you will like i'm ready to go back to the mountains i'm gonna go back in a not small way okay so wait (laughs) so okay so the accident was in july then we entered a global pandemic six months later which was just awful i mean my business was traveling move past that uh so come on, yeah. come on. why <laughs> yeah exactly let's stop here for a little bit well so and we'll our... come back to it keep going so after the accident i immediately saw and although i struggle with the word heal healing i saw my healers which was acupuncture and body work and journeys of the mind and heart but i also knew that part of the experience was to see a counselor and I was open to that idea. I I would not have been as open to it as a person I was before the accident because 
I didn't understand at the time that it's not a counselor's responsibility to understand the totality of us. That my idea was like, I've existed for 34 years at the time. How, how is this person who hasn't walked this life with me going to know who I am or what? And for sure, I'm not going to pay you I, all the hours for you to figure out who I am. Yes. That's how I thought. Yeah. Until I went and saw, well, I had my friend... Again, this you know, is you a got to com- search. You got to find the right. Yes. Yeah. This is my community looking like being there with me. My friend Abby is a counselor in Florida and she knows me very well and she wanted me to see a counselor. And so she researched and interviewed and knows how particular I can be. No shit. Yes. It was beautiful. That is amazing. It was, it was massive. And I would suggest that anybody who's looking to see a counselor for whatever reason, don't do the research yourself. It was huge. Because it, it'll be completely biased. And if somebody else, yeah. It was huge. And she found me counselor, this woman. And I love her very much so. And the like the first day, like, you know, you're so raw. And I was like, well, she didn't annoy me. And Abby was like, Yes! And, and that's like the that's hi- huge at that point. I was just gonna say that's like the highest compliment that could possibly be paid. When you're in like that like kind of moment in your life, it's huge. Yeah. And she has walked this journey with me, uh, and she's. And you saw her every week. I saw her every week uh, for a long time, and I still see her. I see her every other week now. But then you know, six months after my husband and my love has died, and I'm trying to like navigate immense loss and grief but I'm also trying to navigate everything that he did for us from the coffee to the fire to shoveling the snow to paying the taxes to running his businesses to closing his businesses to dealing with the estate to dealing with when Travis died we had no will and no life insurance policy so we were as ill-prepared for death as possible because you're young because we're young because he's 33 years old yeah there's no fault there uh you talk to people much older than that and they don't have all of that stuff together oh yeah um but this meant that my name was on nothing as well my name's not even on the house and so it's navigating all of these stressors and at the time uh the estate lawyer told me I have to come up with a large sum of money to keep my own house that my husband had built by hand. To, to pay to the state because the state is just like a predatory piece of shit. It's a complicated law, but yes, in, in <laughs> essence. And so... Uh, is it not called the widow's law? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, like, for fuck's sake. And so he told me, he's like, you won't be able to come up with this. And I was like, I'm going to need you to change your language. Uh, anyway, I found out that it, that did not have to happen in that, that way, but that was like a major stress. And because then, his attorneys are not all knowing, it turns out. Turns out they're far from it. I mean, not and, all. I know incredible ones as well. No, no attorney. Okay. Apart from Jerry Spence. Just yes. Well, no one's out. all knowing. I'll just say that apart from that individual, like no one is all knowing. I have, I have not. <sighs> yeah. You know who you are. I apologize to you right now for listening to this. I have not had a satisfactory. Actually, no. I have. One, I've had one satisfactory experience with an attorney. Thank you, Mike Beck. <laughs> <laughs> but before that, it's just like wait, wait. I'm paying you to educate 
can we just go have coffee? Yeah, and not and, get and charged. Like, like and, and and so I that I can like I can bring you up to speed on the situation so that we can like have this. But yeah, so this guy's like by the book, well, this that the other yes. thing, it, not not flexible in any way because he's, he's never been stressed in his entire life. And I, to to operate or, or to you know or, or to behave outside of the norms that he has been taught and subscribed and later subscribed to yes a hundred percent that and also he exists in a a pretty gross world and the fact that oh for fuck's sake yeah that that he deals with people that fight over estates all the time yeah and they aren't seeing one another's humanity so i i have empathy for existing in that world Uh, and and how that world has changed him him. exactly Yes, completely. Um, But still, whatever. So it's just like a, uh, this is like an explanation of like the massive amount of stress. So then COVID happens and I lose all of my work. I had just negotiated like these, my biggest photography contracts of my life. And I like was proud of myself and also sad that I didn't get to share this with Travis. Like as all things are multi-layered. So because I just, he helped that to happen. Yes, and he believed in me. And he taught me how to run my own business. And he taught you to believe in yourself. Massively. So you that is the biggest part. Looking for that work. Yes, yeah. completely. And, um, and knowing that you could do it. Yes. If you got it. And um, do it, like overdo it. Yes, always over deliver. And, uh, and so I like gone through this process of like negotiating these like big contracts. And I was like, and then two weeks later, they were all gone, you know? Yeah, because no one's traveling. No yes. one's so all yeah. of and all of my photography at that point had been traveling photography. So now my husband is gone. I have to handle all of this stuff, and now my work is gone as well. So then I just like laid down on the floor for a couple of weeks, and I was like, I, and then my community was stressed in their own lives, like, oh, the, everybody is. Everyone is dealing with a lot. Yeah. And that meant that these people that could give me so much needed to take care of themselves, which made it an even more lonely experience. And so I lay down on the floor for a couple of weeks then. And uh, I was talking to my counselor and she's like, all right, shit's real bad. She's, she's <laughs> yep. Yeah. Damn right. One of the reasons shit. I love her. Shit's, she's like, shit's yeah. real bad. Shit's fucked up right yeah, now. Yeah, shit's fucked up. Yeah. She's like, she's she hurt. My fear with physicality was a return to that physicality as worth or me feeling like I needed to run X amount of miles per week or like yeah. just being obsessive. And I didn't want to go down that again. And so she was like, why don't you let physicality help you where it can? Like, you are a very physical person and you should start moving in those ways again. Fast forward a couple months after that and I'm explaining to her, you know, Granite and Cowan and the picnic. And she's like, when I said that, I didn't necessarily meant you take it this far. Like, don't do any deep end shit. Um, So you just mentioned. Yeah. Cowan, have you been there? I I ran to Elbow Lake. Um, so it's 16 miles round trip. Um, the which day is at the base of the North, which is at the base of Cowan. Yeah. Um, the day of the accident this year. So his so one anniversary. year anniversary. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Complete Christopher and I ran together and, um, 
Christopher is a dear friend and we just connect. He's and a fucking good dude. He's amazing. You can feel that. Yeah. Yes, big time. And so he's who I was with the day of Travis's memorial. He's who drove me so I could give that speech. And then I knew whatever happened on the one year anniversary, however I was, Christopher would be fine with it. And that I wouldn't have to give, like, I could take and he would let me just take. Yeah. And, uh, and be my support that day. Do you think about going up to the site? Sometimes I asked Joey, because he's been up there so much. I was like, would I ever, because Travis asked me to climb Cowan all the time in our relationship. Okay. And I never wanted to. I was always afraid of that mountain. And but not for any no, tangible just, no, no sort tangible. of thing. It's just like an intuitive sense. Yes. Yeah. Senses. And so I never wanted to. And I asked Joey, because we've done enough mountains together. I was like, would I ever want to go up there? And he's like, I don't really think that you would, honestly. Um, I'd like to look around it. I have a photography project I'd like to do up there. Um, mm. But I don't know yeah. if I want to. I don't know what that will look like. I like yeah. to go to Elbow Lake um, and be there. Yeah. It's the halfway house. Yeah. The midway yes. point. The yes. Something where I can yes. be close enough. Yeah. It's like going to, I mean, I would imagine, I don't know, but, you know, going to Shisha Pang the base camp. Mm, yep. Yeah. You know, or something. Completely. And whatever that means. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. I That's, like that. Going up in that route and being in that spot where the accident happened that might be for other people. And and Joey Jack the Jays, Joey Jackson and Jorge did that on the one year anniversary. Yeah. They went up and they did the route again. Yeah. Um and that was just, you know, three days after we did Granite Peak in a day. Like um Yeah. So you went back to Granite? I did this summer. Yep. With, 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 <laughs> I did. I've actually I'm never going to do this again. Let's get this bitch done right now. I've done it a couple of times. <sighs> okay, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've done it a couple of times, Yeah, but we did it this summer and it was such a beautiful experience. Actually, Kelly, we both connected with a special magical goat that lives up there. I call him less. Well, uh-huh. Joey Jackson and I call him less. I forget. I, I think that Kelly calls him Brian. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But um, Joey Jackson. How I, could a goat have so many different names? <laughs> because he's a spirit. He's a guide. Boom. Yeah. Yes. And um, Les, the magical goat, spent seven hours with Joey Jackson and I. He went just like moving from with you. Froze to, he went from the traverse across from froze to death up basically to the peak. He went from the base to the peak and then back down halfway with us. Um. It was incredible. It was really beautiful and really special. Some cultures, a goat is good eaten. Some cultures, a goat is a beautiful spirit. Yes, I believe so. And a goat has a cloven hoof, which means a goat listens to fucking metal. Yes. That's just my uh, yes. you know, my feeling. So, yes. So I kind of feel I like it. I know why that fucking goat was there. I do with too. Yes. On granite this summer. And there was two ravens at the summit. There's ravens every day. Yeah. Yeah. There can be. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Blair Speed, what now? Oh, man. I mean, I'd love to say what next, what now, but that's the question I ask myself. So I know it's not do. one necessarily for you, but, but it's, I, I, and, and I'll just say, like, I feel like you've come back to a world that you were previously more comfortable inhabiting. What do you mean? I mean that you, there was a period of non-physicality. Yes, I hear you. Yeah. That momentum-wise or whatever grew into, you know, returned to, to, to physicality. There was a, and, 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 and on a quote limited level, like I'll say like the picnic. Yeah. It's not, you know, the technical thing or whatever, but now. I don't know. You've ice climbed more this winter than in previous winters that By now far. it's back into sort of a technical thing. Like, like that, the more, the, the, I don't want to say more demanding, but it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a narrower focus thing. Um, and th- that takes you into those beautiful places and that you've gone out and had those experiences with people who care deeply about you. Big time. And that you, that your love of doing that thing has also influenced others. Who? Uh, Cuckoo. I don't know. (laughs) What do you mean who? What are you talking about? Um, Who recognize that love for that thing and that spirit to, to maybe... Okay, fuck it. I never would have gone ice climbing again this winter. I never would have tied into a rope with Scott, who not, and neither he or I ever thought that would ever fucking happen again. I know. Um, that I would swing ice tools, that we would be in a place that he and I shared together, um, or that you and I would be in a place that he and I also had shared together, or that I had, you know, experience with other people who are very, you know, important to me in my life. Like none of that shit would have happened this year had we, you know, had your sort of love for it and enthusiasm for it not kind of gotten on me. Yeah. Like, good. Just a little bit contagious. Good. And I don't fucking know where that goes. It doesn't matter if it goes anywhere. If, if, if only, if the only thing that ever happened from our conversation, from your returning to, the physical and the mountains and the technical aspect of that if and and the conversation that we've been having if the only relation the only thing that ever happened was one day climbing two fucking pitches of ice in you know at the upper end of the south fork in cody was beautiful with scott and with you and with brian if that was all that ever happened it would have it would have been enough. It would have been, it was amazing. It was like, I mean, I'm going to cry now. Mostly, I mean, partially because whatever we, I got to see you experience, but also the fact that you were the fucking instigator that, you know, that got to put Scott and I back in that situation. It's special. It's really special. And, 
the fact that on the periphery of that experience, we got to overlap with Delila and John. I know. The fact that fucking Mulkey was kind of the umbrella over all of it, which is hilarious. Because yes. <laughs> I still haven't met the guy. You know, it's just like, oh, there's a person who's been some, you know, pretty influential and, and part of it. And you like kind of took something that had started a long it's time beautiful. ago in my life and just like made it into something even more. Yeah. And all of those things, like if, if, if that's, you know, if I stopped right now. Yeah. Man. Holy fuck. Yeah. And, and, I, and all I want to, sort of communicate with that is because of what you've experienced and because of your ability to sh- communicate about it Thank you. and share that something that I consider pretty fucking incredible in my life personally occurred. What's that? That day, that yes. experience, that weekend, that, that whatever passage of time, that shared time in Cody um, to bring me back to that position with Scott, to bring me to a point where I could see you enjoying it, where I could see you almost. Oh, you mean like, like when I'm climbing in between Scott Backey's and Mark Twight? I'm like, what? What in the fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. One guy's like super Thanks, competent. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> exactly. And then one guy's super competent, and the other guy's like trying to find his, like, can't figure out where his fucking gloves are. Um, no, you took I, pictures no, while ice climbing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I, I did have a slight handle on my shit, but <laughs> that's an individual experience. Yes. That's 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 n of n of one in a sense, which makes me believe that what you have experienced and how you can communicate and how willing you are to share yeah. that and to open yourself to others means that you have facilitated a similar experience in a lot of other people. And in my opinion, that's why you're still here. Yeah, 100%. That's why someone, something, some higher power, some spiritual, it's Trav reaching across, stayed your hand. Yeah. Kept you here. Big time. Because that's a loss... If we talk about it, you know, like how you said it, like I go out and I do the thing that I've done all the time and then I never, and they never see me again. Like that is horrific. Yeah, it is horror. And that your experience moving through that, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's possible i was gonna say i don't think you understand but more that's limited so i don't think it's possible to understand the positive outcome of you coming through it and sharing it and living it in front of others accepting the gifts and the love of others to help you across a bridge that no one should ever have to walk but you know eventually we all will right but to help you walk that and then to just let go on the other side because they realize like well she doesn't need this level of yes. support right now we can kind of push yep. and shove and, and open check in. and check in yep. and 
there's some things that I don't have an automated description for, nor do I like it like to talk about it that much because it's not a load that I find easy to shoulder. But there is a survivor's duty. Yes. And this will keep you alive. Yeah. Mm. And that duty, A, is something that allows you to to live that can maybe offer some, I don't want to say purpose necessarily, mm. but that there is something there that if I like look back, I mean, I was written about it a second ago, something that I read to you recently about like, why am I still fucking here and haven't I goddamn done enough? Can, can you just let me fucking go? Totally. But apparently the answer is no. <laughs> and you, why are you still here? Haven't you done it? Haven't you survived enough? Haven't you lived in like, no coming through creates a responsibility. Yeah. That's to, to, to other human beings in a way to, to be able to like, look, to, to, to share, to, to guide, to influence, to just even suggest or to have a, like a, Oh, what's a five, you know, what's a short conversation with someone who fucking knows. And this was the whole, I mean, in in a sense, the presentation that I gave in Banff about the power of words, it's like, you don't fucking know. Yeah that maybe someone circulates into the orbit and gets five minutes, 10 minutes of exposure, a sentence, a paragraph, a fucking life, a hug, you know, whatever it is. And, and that changes their trajectory in a way that we don't understand and that we can't not do because we can't fucking help ourselves in a way. And, uh, eventually, and do this stupid thing and ask why <laughs> for which there's no answer and so why so don't ask just keep doing yeah the thing the things that our hearts tell us or command us to do and this is our responsibility to one another and ourselves and 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 all ellipsis yeah (laughs) Yeah. for those of you who don't know what ellipsis means (laughs) dot 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 (laughs) yes completely that is uh how i felt in the immediate days after the accident it was my responsibilities that kept me alive and the that has those responsibilities have shifted from you know the immediate make sure charlotte lives take care of Charlotte and Catsby, take care of the house, take care of my family, um, be with Travis's family, which is my family. And, uh, and now just as you have spoken, like those responsibilities shift to a uh, sharing experience or sharing heart with other people or with more people. Um, and we'll see how those continue to evolve and change. And your relationship with Trav's family changed quite a bit, I'm guessing. Oh, well, nobody, nobody knows the experience like we know the experience. Yeah. And that's like you said, it's not hierarchical, it's not whatever, but like before the accident, I would have done anything for them. 
And then after the accident, I would fucking do anything for them, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they are my family and, uh, and I love each of them. Trav's mom and dad and sister and her husband. And I tell, I told, well, in the letters, so I've written you a letter. I would like to write everyone who's helped me. We'll see if I can do that, but they're kind of intense. <laughs> and so. Oh, no, they're not. It's super light. It's just a casual. Yeah. Pleasant afternoon read. Yeah. Doesn't, I don't know, stay with you. Yeah. So I've written you a letter. And I wrote Travis's parents a letter just thanking them for the gift of my life, which is Travis, which is born from them. And, uh, and yeah, I uh, spend a lot of time with them and very much am incredibly grateful for that time that we can share together. And one thing that is, there's many beautiful things but like how they love and care and look after me. But one beautiful thing, and I have a very special connection with Trav's mom, Kelly. And one thing that we both acknowledged almost immediately is that even though if we sit at the table, there's nobody that loves Travis more than those two people sitting at that table. And even though we understand better than anyone what we're going through. I don't know what it's like to lose your child and this boy and this man that you have raised. And I don't know what it's like to have a part of you and somebody else and their, your heart out there of your child walking around and then to lose them before you. Just as she acknowledged, I don't know what it's like for you because every moment of your day, Travis is missing from. And, yeah. and so the acknowledgement of those different experiences is really beautiful. And I tell her she's my mother-in-law, of course, Morm. And, uh, but she is also my sister, my sister-in-laws. Uh, and we walk it together. And I believe they've always been my family and that they'll always be my family. I feel an incredible gift. Kind of the gift of, well, it's, it's the gift, it's a gift of feeling and love, but it's also education. Yeah. It's also learning. It's also something I didn't, maybe something I thought I already knew. Yeah. Maybe something I thought I already experienced or, but to be a part of this. Yeah. This is a shit word. Mm. Um, used as a one syllable substitute to take the place of 
like lengthy or deeper explanation. It's okay. <laughs> um, but you have had some influence on Trav's life. Yes. Coincidentally, yours. Massively so. And then to sort of be present to witness that. Um, the beautiful connection between human beings by way of loss. Mm, yes. That I thought I that I thought I had already experienced. Yeah. I'm one of the people in my circle of climbers in the past yeah. who's still alive. Yeah. And what that means, what that implies, is that there was rather significant loss along the way yes and I don't think we dealt with it Dis despite how sensitive I believe that I was and Scott was Barry was is since we're all still here yeah um I think we handled it well as well as we could or whatever but to, to, to arrive at this point now and to, to to witness you to share some time and space love connection and communication yes. with you as you go through something I think quite a lot more powerful um thought I knew some shit but this has been a really good teacher yeah and it makes me think a lot good it makes me feel yeah more than I think yeah I know it's kind of a banned word but uh it gives me a little bit of hope uh, yeah how so <laughs> fuck it I knew you were gonna <laughs> Give me the goddamn question. I'm the interviewer here. Fuck's sake. Um, the, the, well, if I suggest something like that or I mention something like that, it has to do with what you have already said. It's like, okay, I was, I was on the floor. I was mm. inactive. I didn't eat. I slowly became back. I came back to physicality, and physicality brought me back to life. And Wait, life can I pause you there for yeah, a second, though? Yeah, fuck yeah. So the physicality went away. But the rooms of spirituality and emotional opened up. And that's oh, yeah. where I existed in that time. Yes. Yes, completely. I mean, it wasn't like you were just, ah, I'm circling the fucking drain. <laughs> I mean, some days it was kind of like that. Sure. But yes, completely. Um, but that process of, of loss yes. and discontinuation of certain things and then coming back to them... And then how the, you know, reconnection with what is physical yes. allowed you to grow back into something maybe more emotional, more connected to the to, to, Bring, to all of life. Yes. And I'm not suggesting that, you know, I mean, how can there possibly be a fucking future mm. when the thing that you love most can be gone like that it's terrifying in in one day so you don't count on anything you don't project no. anything you don't plan anything 
but you go to the smallest moments and you hold and you cherish those. Yes. I drink my coffee slow. I pet the kids, Charlotte and Catsby. I go for sunset walks. I spend time with people I love. And you know what? What? That's it. Probably enough. Yeah. There's always something missing, but that's pretty good. Yes, there's always something missing. What I was, what I clumsily <laughs> stumbled over there. What I meant was it, it's enough in the sense that. It's all that there is. Well, it's all that there is, and that, that projecting into a future or counting on a future, yes. planning for a future, all of those things. Fuck it. Yeah. And and that's, um, I mean, it's it's something that climbing taught me mm. in a beautiful way, a very demanding way, a very black and white way. Is that you don't plan because you're not going to come back, mm. and if you don't plan on coming back, yeah, well then you can give everything. Yeah. And then years, I'll just say 20 years down from the mountains, because that's what it's been. Yeah. Over the course of that period of time, I fell into that mm. consensus thinking, that societal thinking that yep. like, oh, I'm going to suffer now to, for a better future. Yes. Or I'm going to make debt now because the future is going to be better and I'll be able to pay it off. There's yep. like all of the fucking bullshit about the better things ahead. And the better things ahead might be that your fucking husband gets killed. Exactly. The better things ahead might be that, you know, you're the, 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 the everything that you plan for, that you hope for, that like, it doesn't come to fucking pass. You start a business and, right before a pandemic. Or start a business right before fucking like opening day of a business. Let's just say January 2nd, 2002. Yeah. For example, yes, when the economy had fucking done, like you didn't, you know, acquired enormous debt in the final six months of 2001. Yeah. And then some weird thing happened in September and then the economy fucking tanked. And so you go into the, your first year of actual or your first day of actually doing business of January 2, 2002, um, you know, with, saddled with half a million dollars in debt and yeah. no way to ever fucking get it back. Yeah. Or you have the accident of a pandemic. Same yeah. fucking thing. It's an accident. It's like it's it's planning. It's counting on shit. Yes. That we believe is going to happen that statistically suggests is something we can actually count on, but we can't. And no one is behaving in a way that suggests they are cognizant that it might not turn out like they want. Yeah. And I think, and, and if I say that, like, as, you know, as a climber with, you know, friend after acquaintance, after climbing partner you know are just getting fucking chopped um to realize like, oh, i'm not making any plans yeah i don't give a fuck yeah because i'm not gonna you know because the, the likelihood is i'm not gonna make it so all of that develops a certain pa ha you know pattern of thinking and then like coming down from the mountains and not having that happen anymore yeah or not having it happen in close enough proximity that it affects my decisions and i start getting tricked into this fucking bullshit idea of I like know. 
successful business and like oh, a second house and a country home and a and all of the fucking shit that's supposed to make you happy eventually in the future but you just have to be unhappy right now well fuck it yeah. be unhappy right now and be dead tomorrow and you'll die unhappy yes and so why not do the things that are most satisfying or the things that nourish you the most. Most nourishing. Right now. Yeah. And then whatever happens in the future happens in the future. It's not like I don't have any fucking control anyway. Yeah. And the illusion of like, and that's what it was before, was an illusion. But it was a, an illusion that was held by so many people that it seemed to be a truth. Yeah, that happens. And turns out, fucking grab you know gravity yeah and so let's be here now and there's more there is and there will be more and I feel um, incredibly fortunate to have had this conversation with you thank you me as well thank you for trusting mm-hmm that this would be okay Mm -hmm. and to open yourself because I think a lot of what was covered um, what you were able to share in this conversation could be helpful for me me. good (laughs) and many others I hope so and I gotta say it you know Keegan has made me cry on various podcasts, but you're the current champion, Blair Speed. Uh, Yes. That's what we do. I mentioned, I think, earlier in the podcast that uh, my guest, Blair Speed, is pretty handy with a camera. Oh, yeah. And uh, has a way with words. Thank you. And, you know, the internet's your friend if you want to dig into that. But uh, there's an Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. A couple of them. There are. Splare Speed? Yeah. At Blair Speed? Yes, at Blair Speed. That's the one that matters. Yeah. Yeah. And then for galleries of mm. some rather beautiful images. Thank you. Um, updated with, with frequency, it turns out. It is. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Actually, I've, I feel remarkably uh, inefficient or <laughs> inadequate or something at using no. the goddamn internet when I see that um, the sets of pictures that you post with. Thank you. You know some regularity and that's at blairspeedcreative.com perfect yep thank you and uh, I gotta say every time I go there I'm I'm moved in some way so good just fucking go there and get moved dig in get moved move me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and speaking of being moved and speaking of feeling um there is something out there. If you were a, if you were web savvy, you could probably figure it out. 
Um, I gave a presentation in Banff at the Mountain Book Festival, uh, ostensibly tied to the launch of Refuge. Um, I think it this presentation may have been archived uh, for sure. For sure, it's going to be part part of it's going to be in the fucking documentary that Ian Seabrook has been working on um, about me for a while. But uh, it might be out, you know, the audio version. Maybe there's a video version. I have fucking no idea. But it might be out there. Um, and uh, this presentation was about refuge, but it also started out with a short a detour regarding the power of words and um, and how what we write and what we speak and what we share with people can affect others in different ways. And, and uh, prior to me giving that presentation, I had asked Blair if I could share some of her writing to me in that format. And uh, her only requirement was to uh, make them feel and I promised that uh, anybody who was in that room, and I think there was, I don't know, 300 people or 350 people, whatever it was, um, in that room. And I just said, well, I guarantee Blair Speed that anybody who's in this room on this day will never fucking forget that they were there. Good. And, uh, yeah, if you can find that one hour talk or whatever the fuck it, you know, whatever it is, it's worth the search. Yeah. Because feeling is, uh, what matters. It is. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much. Next time we'll have more fun. This was fun. <laughs> oh, just you wait. <laughs> just you wait.